what's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 32 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by the man who stole Horizon, <laughs> Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey, it's me. I know that's me. <laughs> the only hero in the storm, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. <laughs> and finally making her return to the show is the eSports Dynamo, Miss Peggy Ford. Hey, hello everyone. I haven't used your nickname enough to give you a special new one this week. That's so. fair enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the work in progress, we got it. Tune in next week to find out, no. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out what ridiculous nickname Pete has chosen this week. It'll figure it out. Hey, so how's everybody doing this week? It's it's good to be back. Yay. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh <clears throat> Lots of uh, lots of fun times in the world of gaming for me this week, so uh, can't complain about that. And I'm excited to talk about all the news. Awesome. So, I mean, let's kick the show off the way we always do, by talking about what we're playing this week. Um, Sean, since you already teased it out a little bit, why don't you... I know there's a brand new raid in World of Warcraft this week, right? Yes. Uh, so, two weeks ago, I updated you guys on the fact that my guild had killed... Kill Jaden on Mythic uh, in Tomb of Sargeras, which was a huge accomplishment. Only uh, less than 1,000 guilds did that on the, on the planet Earth, so I'm pretty... I didn't hear about this. GG, well played. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so that gave us a week of coverage of kind of like chilling out before the new raid came out, which was this past Tuesday, uh, and it's fun. But for me, as a guild leader and raid leader, that means that I had to spend, like, a lot, a lot of my time putting together strategies, uh, figuring out, you know, okay, this is our composition, who's going to do what, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the way it works is that the first week, normal and heroic difficulties are released, and then the week after, they release Mythic, which is the big boy difficulty. So that Mm. comes out this upcoming Tuesday. So we cleared out normal and heroic, all the bosses, 11 bosses, uh, so we killed each boss twice, so that's 22 bosses total over the course Shit. of three days, um, which, again, is not something that a lot of guilds were able to do. And then now my responsibility is figuring out the strategies for the mythic bosses. So after this podcast, that's what I'll be doing. But I'm Damn. excited. <laughs> Some fucking tactical genius over here. I'd love to have you at my back in a war. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, a hero's uh, work is never done, Sean. Listen, man, I'm only I'm only able to put this stuff together when there aren't guns pointed at me. <laughs> no, that's why you'd be in the back, like with the table positioning troops and stuff. You know, oh, or, like, like pre-production's yeah. everything. Yeah. If I get to be in the back. Then yeah, sure. yeah. Well, Sean, have you be a yeah. join be a me general. in Hearts of Iron? We can take over <laughs> Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, it's a fun time. The new raid's really good. It's really, really good. Good. I'm glad to hear it, man. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to check in next week once you guys have uh, taken on the Mythic boss for the first time. Hopefully, you'll have uh, have already beaten him. First yeah, try it. complete. First try complete. <laughs> There's. Did so, you first try on normal difficulty? Um, Sounds like you could. Did you, you mean, like, did we kill each boss in one shot? Yeah, like the you said the normal, there's like three tiers of difficulty, right? So yeah. the first time on the regular, did you guys just, like, run through it? Yeah, yeah. We, we killed every boss in one shot. Damn. Nice. Just fucking dunking on them. <laughs> that, that, that's honestly that one's less impressive than it sounds. Uh, those bosses are super easy. And then on heroic, it was one shot for most of the bosses, and then like a couple of pulls for the ones we couldn't kill in one shot. Um, but again, that difficulty is not made for us. You know, that's like 
Like that's difficult to hike not made for us, dude. That is the most like that is the most amazing sentence I think I've ever heard you say. <laughs> that's how you're so talks. humble. I love it. Yeah. Like, you're, you're kicking everyone's ass, and you're like, nah, it's okay. That's not for us. <laughs> you know, like that. That's real progression for some guilds that will be there for like months and and you know months and months. For us, we literally are just there for one week while we wait for our content to come out. And it's just like, okay, let's just get the loot from here so that we can use it next week, pretty much. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Hashtag I- humblebrag. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, it's not me. It's, it's the guild. Like, my guild is really good. <clears throat> I just lead it. It's but- not me. I'm just the one in charge who yeah. organizes them and does all the strategies. But Yeah, but that's like, you know, I, I don't... It, it helps, but the it would be nothing if the people couldn't execute, and they do. So that that's the real, like, they're the real MVPs. What's oh, the name I of your guild Sean, again? Uh, Beyond the Flames on Stormrage. Yeah, no, I, I know, Sean. It's just because you're, you know, a good leader. And I can say that as somebody who's led by you on the comics, pals, is that that's the kind of leader you are. It's like, no, no, it's not me, man. It's you, you know, it's you You guys what makes it a good show. Like, it's true. Like, nah. It's true. <laughs> It's a team effort, though, you know? It's like, you know, uh, you got a good team is only as good as the person leading it. Yeah, so. you uh, you want to come over to the Destiny Raids? Because we need someone like that. <laughs> we really do. Oh, we need it for, like, the first tries and all that jazz. When people are running in blind, I feel like you're the exact, like, titan to just be like, all right, this is the shit that's going to go down. Pretty sure this is going to happen. So this is the plan. Let's go. And it's going to work perfectly. Like, I can fully imagine you being a great raid leader for, for Destiny 2. Oh, thanks. I didn't realize that that game had legitimate raids. It did. It does. It does. It does. The, uh, what's it called? Leviathan was the first one. And that just finished. Now with the Curse of Osiris coming up this week, it's going to it's gonna be a thing. Uh, there's going to be another one. It's going to be another blind race for Worlds First and all that jazz. It's hype. But yeah, so Join Peggy, us. you're playing Destiny 2 on PC this week, right? Yeah. I know you were you you already picked it up on PS4. I did. Yes, I picked it up on PS4. I was uh, I played Destiny the original one all the way through up until the Sea of a Crisis and and everything with my uh, clan Aquaberry Six. Then we came on to Destiny 2 for PS4, um, and we went through the Leviathan raid. I think two weeks ago or something like that. It was hype. And then uh, because I play so much Overwatch, I'm already in the battle net, and it just looks. so already in the battle net whatever but it looks so clean <laughs> and so smooth on on uh on pc that i was like all right i gotta try it and it's so much fun i was actually just about to beat the final story mission uh before we started this podcast and i realized it was like 12 30 and i was like i can't finish this <laughs> so so i stopped that but like i think i've only been playing for three days because i picked it up for black friday and then i couldn't play because of a whole bunch of full-time work uh and then yeah I got to level 20 in, I would say, like, five hours or something like that, around there. Like, it's really, really quick, in my opinion. That's really cool. Yeah. So, how are you How are you feeling about it on PC versus PS4? It's so much smoother. You can do so much better things with it. The only thing I would say, though, the Drake, or, like, the, one, of the, one of the levels is you're driving through basically a highway and you and with a tank, and you can blow stuff up and that sort of thing. That tank is terrible, terrible to operate on PC. But PS4, it was smooth and it was great. Just the PC version, I don't know hmm. what they did. I think they inverted something? Either way, like, it was not going the way I thought it was going to go by using the directional keys that I assumed was correct, and turns out it was the exact opposite way. Like, huh. specifically when reversing. And it was just really annoying. 
Um, and also, you're not going the direction that you're facing. You're going the direction that the bottom part of it is facing, which I guess is the same in PS4, but it wasn't as apparent, I guess, because it's more responsive on PC. But it, it's really confusing, and I didn't know what was up with it. Either way, you only deal with it for one level, so I don't care. Got through it. That makes sense. Fine. So, it's weird, because I feel like driving on PC, like, with a mouse and keyboard is something, like, I really don't like. Like, yeah. I find it to be, like, because, like, you don't have triggers, you know, that, like, because they're oh, sensitive. Triggered. That feels, <laughs> like, more, like... Keyboard skills, Pete. You're just you're, not no. good with mouse and keyboard, is what it I is. I will say the sparrow You're just is really a fucking smooth. mouse and keyboard apologist, all right? <laughs> there are certain control schemes where it's unequivocally better, right? FPSs, sure. Yeah. But, like, to drive a car? <laughs> Duck like, game. It's so, it's so awkward. Like, with a trigger, you can actually, like, accelerate it like a fucking gas pedal. Yeah, you know, like... WASD, whatever. It's all good. <sighs> It'll solve the sparrow's all your really nice, I will say. But, uh, what's it called? But, yeah, so that that's what I've been playing... Quite a bit, and I just want to get into the Crucible to see what people are doing, because with the update from yesterday and the kind of promises of updates to come, um, there's going to be custom games and all that. And I really do think that there's a competitive scene for this, depending on how the loot boxes go. So we will see. <laughs> I don't want to say loot boxes too loud, because then Pete might get might get a little angry. But other than that, I'm just I just I'm so sick of them, you guys. I'm mm-hmm. so sick of it. I'm so sick of this topic. Um, but we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about Destiny 2, and I'm really glad you're back with us this week, because the la- three of us had to talk about it last week, and we're just like, yeah, it sounds pretty bad, I don't know, we don't play Destiny. It's all good, I'm up Perez, let's do it. Uh, so, I talked a lot last week about what I was playing, I'm playing the same game, so I'm not gonna, um, jump into them too much, but, uh, I'm deep in that Mario Odyssey post-game, and it just keeps surprising me, and like, god damn, you gotta play this game if you haven't yet. Um, Peggy, have you gotten into the all the post game stuff? Like I know you. I am you at the dark, dark side of the moon. I am at the day, dark right? side of the moon. I have not done much else with it because my sister's been playing it, and yeah. also Destiny Two. So sure, have sure. not had had a lot of time. Cool, cool. Um, and then the other thing which I talked about uh, last week, but um, there's it's, it's a little update here is uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp has its first seasonal event right now, which like wasn't worthy of a news item, but uh, I'm like deep in that shit. I'm loving it. Come play it with me. Uh, come, you know, I've got if you come over to my Instagram at uh, loud underscore Pete, I've got a picture of my friend code. So add me and, uh, Ooh, you know, come uh, come check out my camp. <laughs> so I'm like level 32 because I'm fucking crazy and I've still put in no money. Which I think speaks real well to Nintendo's ability to make a game with microtransactions that isn't gross. Shade! <laughs> the shade! <laughs> How often do you play? Uh, I play it every day. Um, and it's I, I check in on it, I would say, like, probably two or three times. Like, when I wake up in the morning and, like, I fucking take a shit, I usually play. <laughs> um, and then at, like, lunch or, you know, dinner or whatever, I check back in and, like... Any of the time stuff that was waiting is done, and I just kind of do whatever else, and then set it and forget it. Okay, so it doesn't really require that much of your efforts. No, not really. Um, and it's it's cool because all the paid for stuff you unlock by leveling up, and like even though I'm playing it regularly um, and advancing a lot, like I don't have to use a lot of that stuff. So like when there are time things in my way where I could spend money i have resources to just speed up the time anyway because i've been playing so much and leveling up um so it's been a really satisfying grind for me honestly like the loop's really good and it doesn't require a lot of attention but if i want to put a lot of time into it it's really easy to do 
Um, I've definitely already put a lot more hours into it than any other mobile game I've ever played, and uh, a lot more than I thought I would. That's awesome. I used to hate mobile games really, really bad. Um, yeah. But I think over the over the years they've gotten better overall. Um, I used to play Marvel Avengers Alliance, and that was one that was like, oh, cool, you can put it in literally as much time as you want into this game and get out of it what you put in without hitting any roadblocks that force you to buy things you know right so yeah what's interesting what's interesting with animal crossing is like it's funny because in animal crossing proper you hit a wall during the day because you're it's not a game you're supposed to necessarily play for hours and hours and hours on end you know like they'll you'll hit a point during a day where you'll do all the shit that your neighbors want you to do you've gone to the shop there's no you know like you gotta wait for the next day and that's just how the game progresses because it works on a real clock. So it's funny that in this game when you do hit a wall, like, you can spend money to speed it up, but it doesn't feel unnatural because that's Animal Crossing. Like, it's a game that's meant to be played in, like, 30, 45-minute bursts, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been really satisfying. I'm really enjoying my time with it. So if you're a fan of Animal Crossing you haven't checked it out already, definitely check it out and uh, come friend me. Come friend me. <laughs> um, I like that one. And then... <laughs> The, uh, the other thing that I did this week uh, that I am just so excited to talk about is something I did with Thompson, so I'd like to turn it over to him. Yeah, well, we finally got a chance to get back into uh, getting some Palace Plays done, because, like, you know, time was was garbage and we haven't had you any, You went on like, vacation, yeah. we had Thanksgiving, it was, you know, there was a whole thing. So, we, we figured it'd be Startup Strong, and we did some Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh yes! my god. <laughs> what did yes! you just say? Doki Doki <laughs> Literature Club. Um, Sean, that is the appropriate reaction to yeah. hearing that game's name for the first time. Yeah, that's also what, like, basically everyone said about this game as soon as they see it or hear about it. Um, yep. So, from what we have gotten into, and we're not to any... We, we've, heard, we've heard it's a horror game or some kind of weird, <laughs> some kind of messed up thing. Even in the beginning it says, like, you have to, like, sign a waiver practically, you know? It's like, this is not for, like, you know, immature people. Like, it's got serious Yeah, like, the stuff. opening screen of the game is a warning, where it's like, hey, this game, I know it doesn't look it way this way, but it's really scary and kind of graphic <laughs> and stuff, so if you're squeamish or you're young, don't play this game. And yeah. we're just like, what? Sure. Like, look sure. it up, Sean. I want you to just look up the, like, just look up Doki Doki Literature Club, just so you can see w- the promotional graphics. So for get those... a sense of... Yeah. Yeah, for those who and, don't know, I think I'm the only one who has played this game straight through. Oh, so yeah, I think I'm, I am it. the all-knowing at the moment. <laughs> the all-knowing so Doki excited. Literature Clubber. I'm so excited. Are you going to watch our Let's Play? Oh, I absolutely will. You have to because it's really on point. The first episode <laughs> should probably be up either today or tomorrow because I don't know if I want to push Mario for it. Mm. But it'll be up, uh, you know, by Wednesday. And uh, <laughs> Thompson plays the main character and I voice all of the the women good so i do four and they're they i mean, it's me trying to do female voices nice so it's it's horrible but awesome <laughs> yeah yeah i've had a blast basically sean i can see the look on your face that's how i felt um but it's one of those visual like you know novel games it's like a dating yeah. sim but it's kind of like a little dating sim thing yeah right so i picked the purple hair girl <laughs> to look at her you know because like she's just beautiful and gorgeous and i love her so <laughs> 
I hope nothing bad happens to anyone. I keep getting nervous. Like, when someone walks out of the room, I'm like, are they dead? And Pete's like, no, no, what's happening? And, like, we have no fucking idea what's going on. There's also been, like, there's been all this weird foreshadowing where I'm, like, one of the episodes where, like, oh, my God, what's happening? Is someone going to, It's like, and I don't don't even want to say what we think is going to happen because I know that you're not going to be able to hide it if you're right, if we're right. Wait, 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 wait. All right, now say it. Okay. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I turned off off her webcam for the audio listeners. Uh, I remember there was, like, one of the poems that we read, and we're like, oh, my God, is somebody going to commit suicide? And it's just, like, like all this, like, stuff where we're just guessing all this super dark shit, and it's still just been nothing but cupcakes and dates and sexual tension. Yeah, and, and reading a like, book with my bae, like, what the hell? What is happening? <laughs> so, it's lulled us into a false sense of security, and I can't wait to get back to it. What it's is just, this? It is a lot of fun. It, it, not a lot of fun, but it is a great game. I would highly recommend like everyone's talking about it, like yep. it's it has it has a hundred percent approval rating on yeah. Steam. Why? Because it's apparently amazing. But okay. it's like, well, we haven't finished it, and there's a part. It's like Undertale, kind of. You know, like one of those things. Like you just got to play it to experience slow it. Payoff. You know, Undertale. So yeah. you yeah. date. So so you date high school girls? No, not really. Like it hasn't, <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Like, so it's really yeah. all it is, is like your best friend shows up and she's like, hey, let's, well, you need to join a club or you don't want to be in neat. And I'm like, eh, I like to be in neat. Like, that's the exact dialogue. And it's like, she's like, well, join this club and you get stuck. Hold on, hold on. Tell, tell the listeners what a neat is. All right. So basically a neat is a person who doesn't aspire to work or any, has dropped out of, has like, has finished school or dropped out of school and doesn't have any aspirations to work. So you basically stay at home and play games all day. Like, that's the assumption of a neat, essentially. But it's a very derogatory term, usually. Uh, in any case... Like, you're basically a neat, and your friend, your childhood friend is like, join a club, and you're like, nah. And so she makes you join the literature club with cupcakes. She, you're like, fuck, I like cupcakes. And so, like, you join. And then, like, th- you make poems, and you read poems to your friends. And I haven't dated anyone yet, and there's a lot of sexual tension, and it's getting ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm either going to have to go on a date soon, or someone has to die. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what's happening? Oh, man. I mean, in the game. I don't mean like I'm Did gonna get... do those things. Wait, wait. I mean, are, like, how far into the game are you so that way people who know it kind of know where you are? We, we uh, did like so... the first two poem readings already, and like yeah, yeah. And we just we just learned about the event that we have to do where we're gonna yeah. go read our poetry in front of people or whatever. Gotcha. Okay. Is that like where are we in the game? You're are we fine. like? I can't, I, no, yeah, you're far, you're far into the game. Okay. I also said you're fine, but, like. I don't know if we were, like, you know, 10% in still, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, let's play this game more. No, 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 you're pretty pretty close to, like, the, the, like, middle act. Okay. Okay, that's cool, because that's what I thought, because I remember reading that the game was four hours long, and I was like, I wonder if it's taking us longer because we're reading the dialogue out loud and, like, joking around and stuff, so it's like, yeah, so I was like, I hope that we're actually getting through this game, because they're all, like, hour-long episodes, because we're like, this will be, like, a mini-series, like, Until Dawn, and I'm just like, I have no idea how far into this we are, like, at all. Who did you guys choose again? Uh, Yuri. Well, yeah, I chose Yuri. (laughs) Definitely. 100%. I mean, I, I liked her the most. I took one look at her, though. I didn't even have to try. <laughs> I was like, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've been playing that with you, Pete. I mean, <laughs> that's like that's like my biggest achievement this week. <laughs> yeah, so go uh, go check it out. The first episode is dropping this week. Uh, it is a good time. I'll tell you that much. Please let me know when you guys get to the big to the big part. Like Pete, text me or something. Because, I'll, t- I'll text you yeah. when it happens. Yeah, yeah. we'll keep you up to you're, date. You're, You'll know. You're our, you're Please our don't leave me hanging on this. Like that's, that's the one thing it. I don't want. 
Wait, yeah, no, you're our only other you're our only other friend that's played it. So we'll definitely like as soon as something crazy happens, we'll just be like oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. But I'm like I'm in. I'm invested. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Sean just looks like he's beside himself. I just don't <laughs> like know he, if I can like watch this because I don't get this. I want you to watch our let's play. Sean, I can show the you the spoiler parts. That is the that is the the big issue and all that jazz after this if you want. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because like everybody's been talking about it, and like the whole reason I got into it was because I heard about it for the first time, and like it's a thing that like a bunch of game streamers, yeah, game theory did it, which is how I knew it, stuff. yeah. Yeah, all these people are talking about it, and it's this thing of everyone's like, uh, Thompson made the comparison to Undertale, and I think the thing that reminds me about it, uh, reminds me of Undertale with it, is everyone's like, it's this weird PC game, it's really short, you just gotta, you've play gotta play it, to play it. Understand don't it. look anything yeah. up, just play it, don't don't yep. look anything up, if you spoil it, you ruin it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Although so, I will um, say, the, the soundtrack's on Spotify, and if you get poems are forever and doki doki those two which are like the remixes of the of the series like they're really really a, like a jam oh i like i like the music a lot i've commented on that a couple of times in the let's plays we yeah. did and yeah uh, yeah, yeah they're on I spotify i don't know if it's still free but the game was free when i got it because it was like promotionally available it and they were just letting people be. download it so it, by the time this airs it might not still be free but if not you should definitely go check it out and yeah. just download it i mean it's a sh- really short game you can get through it in an afternoon you yeah. know it's only four hours so, um, uh, maybe two afternoons. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I would assume that if you're a gamer that, you know, you're prone to, like, long sessions where your oh, no, legs agree, entropy yeah. and, you know. Oh, yeah. I can sit down for six hours and not notice it. Anyway, so if you want to let us know what you're playing this week, you guys can write into the show and hear your thoughts right on the air. Give us a random question of the week or just say hey by dropping us a line at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. You can also follow our sister show at the Comics Pals wherever your social media is sold. You know, say any of those same things or, you know, to stay up to date with all the other cool stuff we've got going on here at the Pals Network. Uh, if you're an audio listener, we would greatly appreciate it if you guys would drop us a like on your platform of choice, or if you really want to help us out, you can bounce over to iTunes where we're currently a five-star rated podcast, and you can give us whatever rating you feel that we deserve. Uh, and if you're over on YouTube, you can do us a solid, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and, uh, you know, make sure you check out Pals Play. Like we said, we got Doki Doki Literature Club this week, um, and a ton of other really cool content over there. Um, you know, hopefully you're into comics as well. Otherwise, maybe you just watch Doki Doki. Um, <laughs> and uh, last but not least, the best thing you can do to help the show out is to just share it with your pals. You know, let them know that we're out here, that you enjoy the show, and um, that you think they might like it too. So uh, we've got, you know, our regular rotating segment this week, and I've got a little random question of the week! Oh, Pete, Rich headphone Nice, man. <laughs> so everyone. You could be in a metal band now. That was, yeah, I, that was my, uh, who's that sound like? Megadeth, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody, really. <laughs> That's just my band. It reminds me of, like, the beginning of an Andrew W.K. song where it just starts up forceful. You start up, <laughs> random question of the week. <laughs> yeah. When it's time to ask the question, we will ask the question hard. <laughs> so, uh, in the spirit of me and Thompson's time with Doki Doki uh, this week, oh. I wanted to uh, ask you, who are, or who is, I should say, your video game waifu or husbando? <laughs> who is oh, the, who is the I video? <laughs> Sean's already ready to go. He's out the fucking gate. No, All right. right. 
Uh, Do it. Bastila from Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Ah, nice. (laughs) Yeah, when I was like 13 or whatever the hell, when that game came out, getting the the fact that my character got to fall in love with Bastila and all that stuff, I have never cared more about a romance story than that one. Bastila is the best because she starts off as like a hard ass, and then like through dialogue you soften her up, and then like. She well, I don't. I guess I don't want to spoil the story of a fifteen-year-old game for people, but uh, <laughs> you, you know, like there's just so many twists and turns, and like I just I I play that game over and over again, and every time I'm just as invested as I was the first time, specifically in her and specifically in the r- relationship between her and my character. Fair enough. Uh, I'll go next. <laughs> uh. So, been playing a lot of Destiny 2, and I would say Amanda Holiday, who is your, like, tech person, like, the one who does all your sparrows and gets all your, like, transport, and she played a semi-cool role in Destiny 1. You didn't really interact with her directly, but in Destiny 2, you get to, uh, you get to actually, like, talk to her for a little bit more, especially if you're on Titan, because I I would still say Amanda and Sloan have a thing, but I don't know. But anyway, so (laughs) just, if you look at the interactions... Have to wait until the expansion. (laughs) I wish! That'd be awesome, but no, they're they're going to Io, they're not going to Titan, but um, but like, they they have something there. Just go to Titan and do the submissions and you'll see what I'm talking about. But, uh, Holiday plays a much larger role in Destiny 2, uh, and just the interactions with with her, and also she looks really pretty. <laughs> like, not gonna <laughs> lie, in the opening mission, you get to see a lot of her. And it's just like you're really pretty and you're really cool. Like, let's be friends, please. So yeah, <laughs> please, friends, <laughs> friends. <laughs> I mean, Look, I want to be her friend she's going too. That way, Shit. I'm okay. I'm just saying, if your primary criteria for being friends with someone is you're so pretty. No, it's you help me out of this very tough situation. Not once, not twice, but like probably like 25 times in like an hour. Okay? Hey, look, I'm not judging. I know you won't. I'm just saying. Look, let me have... Meh. (laughs) Meh. What about you, Thompson? Oh, dude, I would be here for like a year if I wanted to list everyone I ever did. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta oh pick God. one. I know, this is the, impossible. The All right, do, do you need another minute? Because I've got mine ready to go. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, I'll pick mine. So, uh, obviously there are, you know, countless suitable candidates here, but I have to give it up for uh, another Bioware choice, actually, which is uh, Leliana from Dragon Age. Um. She, you know, you, she's only a romance option for you in Origins, but, you know, her presence has kind of been, um, you know, it, it's, she's been around the Dragon Age universe in, in every other entry as well, uh, in some capacity. But, um, yeah, I, she's a, a character that, like, you know, of any video game romance that I've ever had baked into a story, hers is the one that I felt the most invested in. Uh, I think in that same way that you probably did, Sean, you know, where that was the first time I'd ever really experienced um a system like that in a game that really felt fleshed out you know where not only was there a meaningful relationship between two characters but i actually had control over it you know and um yeah i think like to speak to like some of the stuff that uh you know that sean was pointing out about 
about your pick, right? Is like I think Bioware just does such a good job of presenting characters and not just love interests, but all the characters who feel fleshed out in meaningful ways that you actually get a sense of their personality, you know? And um yeah, I just remember like being really drawn to her, you know, kind of like carefree personality, you know. Um she loved to sing songs and, you know, she loved history and yeah, she was just an interesting person with a really um positive and enlightening outlook in a world that was like very bleak and dirty and grimy um so yeah i uh i definitely have to give it up to liliana yeah so uh so that's my pick what about you thompson um yeah like i said i need a year to list everyone but uh i gotta give a shout out to uh to basil as well when i was uh really young that was one of the first characters i ever like enjoyed so i was just like really interested in that aspect of a story for the first time um the fact that you could, like, sway her and shit, like Sean was saying, man, like, uh, that was crazy. That was, like, mind-blowing concept for an Xbox, original Xbox game, you know? Like, Knights of the Republic was just phenomenal for that kind of shit. Um, but I, I gotta pick for, you know, like, Bioware's sake, I guess, uh, Tali from Mass Effect. As was, nice. I don't know, man. You couldn't romance her for, like, the first game, and that's fine, but, like, you can kind of, like pick her anyway you know like you just be like eh you know i don't really want to go with anyone i'll just wait for her kind of thing so when i played that game i just did that like the first game i basically didn't have a romance option because i was like eh, i just wanted to pick tally and then ever since two you know you could you, when you could actually pick with her uh the first thing i remember doing was was hearing about that game uh your characters can die at the end so i was like went online i was like how to save tally <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> everyone can die i was like no no i can't let her die so I, Dude, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, the only choice I ever actually reloaded in Mass Effect was at the end of Mass Effect 2 because I got Tali killed by accident. Oh, you monster! And I was like, nope. I was like, not acceptable. I was like, yeah. not fucking acceptable. Yeah, no. I've, I've, so, like, yeah. Like, dude, I've, I really enjoyed the, uh, the writing and, like, the backstory for all of them and just the character design. And I thought she was adorable with her stupid suit. You never saw what she was, and that was that was fine. She could have been an ugly. I don't care. She could have been like a hideous, like tentacle beast. I don't care. She was beautiful I on the inside. Her for who she was. <laughs> she was beautiful on the inside. That's so, yeah. what counts. Also, her adorable Russian accent. I know that was the biggest thing. <laughs> and then also Yuri from uh, Doki Doki Literature well, Club, which you should sure, go watch like, on Pathfinder. I guess that's like the latest one. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's just a plug. Just I want you to go watch that show because it's funny. <laughs> All right, so remember, if you want to write in with your own uh, random question of the week uh, or any other rotating segment, you can uh, hit us up at thevideogamepals.gmail.com, and you'll hear it read on the air. And you'll save me about 10 minutes when I put the show together. Yay! So help, help me out. All right, so I guess that means it's time for... The news. The news. We're talking about the news. The news. The news. The news. We're talking about the news. The news. The news. We're talking about the news. Oh, my God. All right, so we've got five items on the news list this week, and uh, well, let's kick things off with a block of weird-ass news, guys. So for starters, Tencent, which is... I just want to throw this random fact out here. Random random factoid of the week, you guys. Did you random te- fact of the week! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Next time I do that, you have to do that from now on, Peggy. That's God your job. <laughs> Did you guys know that Tencent is the fourth largest internet company? Uh, what? What? Yeah, Tencent. Uh, like I knew that they owned League, 
like they own Riot and they own um, the people that make Clash of Clans and Clash of Kings or whatever. But yeah. they also own twenty five percent of Activision, fifty percent of Epic, and like whatever. Whoa! Their, one, <laughs> they own, their they first own quarter much? of this in their first quarter of this year, they made more money than Ubisoft did in the entire year. Oh! So they're they're the fourth largest uh, tech company now behind Alphabet, Amazon. Alphabet is Google's parent company. Uh, Amazon and um, uh, 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 Facebook. Wow. Holy shit, dude. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So, fun fact, right? Mm-hmm. So, that anyway. Is, that is a huge fact. Yeah. Tencent has announced a mobile version of PUBG is currently in development. So, uh, the yep. publisher says that they're currently working with Bluehole to port the game to smartphones for Chinese audiences. Uh, there's no word on a release date or plans for an international version, but um, we have a, we have a, just a little bit of, of you know context here. Um, so the news comes after Tencent recently acquired distribution rights for PUBG in China, um, and if, which is another huge fucking thing that they just added to their portfolio. Jesus Christ, um, and uh, have said that they have plans to alter the game to ensure that PUBG reflects quote socialist core values, Chinese traditional culture, and moral rules. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> um, and as far as gameplay is concerned, uh, Tencent promises a similar experience on mobile as the PC version, but we have no no details on how they plan to do so. Um, although uh, Allegra Frank, who is the author of the Polygon article that we'll link to down below if you want to check out the full news story, uh, has pointed out that there are already a number of Battle Royale games on phones, so there's like a decent, um, we have a decent idea of what a game like that might look like. But uh, this is weird as fuck. Yep. What do you, what do yep. you guys think about this? I mean, I've been following the the esports scene for it because, of course, I have. Uh, I'm actually the section editor for Ghosty now for for their PUBG department. But um, no big deal. Yeah, yeah, you know, hashtag humble brag. Look, if he gets to brag about his raids, I get to brag about my esports. <laughs> anyway, just kidding. Anyway, but um. <laughs> I think this is an interesting move. I don't necessarily think it's stupid because mobile games are obviously very, very profitable. Um, Tencent being involved is huge in any way, shape, and form, let alone actually starting the development of this mobile game. Um, and putting it in China is equally as, as very, like, very strategic and just very... Sure. It's a very good thing, I think. Yeah, and mobile's even said, bigger in China. Yeah, so. agreed, yeah. That being said, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. <laughs> I have no idea because I just, I don't, when I keep on, like, I just, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And imagine all the data you're going to have to, like, chomp through. Like, that sucks. But I just, I'm very confused by this, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I just don't know how it's going to conceptualize. Yeah, I feel like it's probably a good business move, for yeah. sure. It's just, like, I don't see how you make a third-person Battle Royale game with 100 people work on phones. Well, you can do first-person, because the most uh, most common esports, like, mode would be first-person. Be a duo, squad, anything like that. Mm, so, that's uh, fair. So, for the most part, and that's actually just because then people can't, like, look over ledges without revealing themselves. You know, that sort right. of thing that you can do in third-person. So, I think first person would make sense here i just don't see how this works then again someone also managed to program PUBG onto a nintendo ds or a sp one of those two and that was very interesting it actually worked fairly well like they got a kill or two um so just imagine that on obviously more updated hardware and i don't think it's impossible i just think it's very weird. i just think the control scheme is going to be so hard to figure out 
Like, how I mean, do you, touch how screen, do you do you it? Just touch. But like, I feel like it, I, sure, like a touch interface is fine. But like, yeah. how do you, how are you going to be able to seamlessly go from moving your character with a touch screen to seeing a person aiming, getting a headshot? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's not as like, you can't Motion just touch to control? move forward. Maybe something like that, or maybe they're going to make you use controller. Like I don't know. Like because if it's for Chinese audiences, like I don't really know what the standard is there. Like do they Mm. use Bluetooth controllers for some games? Because mobile stuff's more popular. Like I, I don't really know enough about Chinese gaming. Is so insular. You know, Mm. it's it's this like sleeping giant of the industry, and like in the West, we don't really know about it. You know, just because they don't, they don't really like put their games out. Like World of Tanks is like the only Chinese game that's ever made it to the states that wasn't like as a joke you know Fair. of like yeah. oh this league of legends rip off or something let's laugh at it you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> haven't there been like a ton of chinese mmos that have gained popularity i feel like oh yeah there's a lot of yeah them. yeah they're all, like, um basically in china though yeah and like a lot of them are either china china only or china and korea only huh yeah we're you in- know like i know like uh, dragon ball online like, that was, like, um, a game that was in that kind of realm. There was a Monster Rancher MMO that was only Korean and Chinese. Oh, like, that's so cool. Right? Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of games like that where, like, yeah, like, there's a healthy population of gamers, but it's, like, the games that are made in China are generally only played in China. And they don't try to sell them in any other countries. Yeah. And they don't have any interest in importing games from other places. It's just super weird. Yeah. It's just the way that their government works. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. This is – we'll have to see what happens here. But uh, I, I think even when it does come out, it will probably be a while before we actually see it since it's not made for us. That and also we haven't gotten our zombie mode yet. So, I mean, come on. Oh, did you did you hear the thing about um, they're going to be debuting the de- the desert map at the, the Game Awards? Oh, cool. Yep. They can put out another map but not zombie mode. Jeez. <laughs> He is so salty about this. They said they were going to do it like six months ago. <laughs> They're working Can on it. Can we get vaulting like in the live patch first, please? It's oh, like I a, think we just it's got like a reskin. Just reskin it. That's all you got to do, man. Just put a reskin. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'm salty. <laughs> so, salt in Carthage over here. <laughs> Thompson, you better watch out. You're going to turn into a pillar of salt. <sighs> yeah. So in our next really segment <laughs> is that Nintendo our new segment up. yeah yeah that's 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 our new segment Wah, whenever there's news really like, what? <laughs> uh nintendo is teaming up with kellogg's for a new okay. super mario cereal and the box is a goddamn amiibo <laughs> what? what that is really weird yeah yep yeah. all right so oh no strap in guys the limited edition cereal is poised to hit store shelves on december 11th and uh, features a mixed berry-flavored cereal with, quote, power-up marshmallows, shaped like mushrooms, which, curiously enough, don't actually appear in Odyssey. So I thought that was kind of funny. And question blocks. So according to a press release from Nintendo, the box's amiibo features will uh, let Super Mario Odyssey players uh, get gold coins or heart in the game. Um, So it's just like a really, like, small generic power-up. It's actually, I think, the same functionality as the, uh, the Peach amiibo that they put out. Um, so not anything unique to getting this box, but, um, you know, but it's still, still a cool thing, I think. Um, so this isn't a first for the company. 
but this is the first time Nintendo has had a promotional series in stores since the height of Pokemania, um, which was, you know, likely controlled by the Pokemon company. The last time that Nintendo actually did it themselves was during the 80s, actually, in the NES era, when there was a Super Mario serial, a Legend of Zelda serial, and uh, an NES serial. Um, so we've got a link down below if you guys want to check out the box, if you haven't already. It looks pretty cool. I'm definitely going to go pick it up because I really want to make a video of me and Thompson eating it or something for our YouTube channel. I'll eat that shit. It disgusting, It sounds horrible, but I'll eat it for a day. <laughs> yeah, mixed berry and marshmallows. I'm like, I don't fucking know about that, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. I also don't like uh, marshmallows, like, as a... <laughs> as a thing already so i'm already Boy, howdy do we have a surprise for you so yeah so it's gonna be fun do you think uh, like when they were making it because you because they put more uh, mushrooms in do you think when they were making it uh, nintendo's like all right make us the cereal for for odyssey and stuff and they're like yeah sure you're mario you make you make marshmallows right we've already got them we already made them ahead of time and they're like no we do moons now damn it <laughs> it's just like oh shit i'm sure it had to be something like that because like it's one-up mushrooms the power mushrooms yeah. and then the question block and it's like Two of those things are not in this game at all, you guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> couldn't make this ahead you of couldn't time. make a hat? Make a hat. That's the whole thing. <laughs> but, like, here's the, here's the thing with that, though. Because if you're thinking about it in, like, the general term, people aren't going to really connect with the moons. They're going to connect with those power-ups and the, the mushrooms. Yeah. So I think, yeah. for the most part, it's like the parents are going to the store and they're like, oh, my kid likes Mario and I see the power-up mushrooms. This is something that I've seen a whole bunch of time before. Okay, cool, mine now. And, like, yes. that's, that's what I feel like is going to happen. That being said, it's just very weird that, that they're doing it without the moons when it's the entire freaking point of Odyssey. Maybe the moons people think of Lucky Charms, you know? They're just like, yeah. oh, moons! Still, <laughs> come on. Should have been question marks, green moons, and a fucking hat. Let's what's, get real. What's Reggie doing over here? Leave come that on, for the mac and cheese version. I'm not blaming Reggie. I'm blaming Kellogg's on this one. <laughs> oh, yeah? Reggie knows what he's doing. He probably saw this box and he was just like, because <laughs> yeah, now he has to go back to japan and bow in shame and so like sorry <laughs> he's got to bow all the way down to his ankles it's terrible damn um <laughs> damn. <laughs> uh, so peggy you got to come over with your super pro ass camera for the the shoot that we do about taste testing this cereal <laughs> oh yeah i'll bring vexalia let's go nice. Fuck yeah let's do this uh so december 11th so two weeks from now keep an eye out for our super mario cereal taste test challenge Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. uh so obviously this is silly and weird um but like honestly it's like really emboldening to me to see nintendo doing this like i think the fact that we got this in the same year that we had the announcement of their partnership with universal for the, the nintendo land stuff and, you know, doing a Mario Brothers movie for the first time. Like, these are things they literally haven't done since, like, the 80s or 90s. Or things that they've thought about talking about doing for years, you know? So, like, when you couple that with the fact that, like, Mario and Zelda are both two of the best games they've ever produced. The Nintendo Switch was the best-selling console this Black Friday. Like, it's just, the future looks really bright for Nintendo for the first time in a really long time. And, uh... Yeah, this is just a ser- silly box of cereal, but like, I'm I'm glad to see them back on top and have that cultural relevance again. You know, mm. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, I've <laughs> I stopped paying attention to cereal boxes a long time ago, but the sure. fact that uh, Mario's on one again that's that's awesome. Yeah, it, it it makes me happy to think that, like, he'll have that same relevance for another generation of kids, you know? That, like, the legacy's secured for at least another, you know, at least another generation, you know? Good on you, Nintendo. <laughs> hey, 
you know that's that's awesome at least he's in a positive light he could have another legacy for children like you know sonic has it's like Jesus Christ. you know he could have went down that path and he didn't <sighs> mario maintained he kept his head above water he came out on top like the plumber he is the hard-working blue-collar American, like I said in in uh, it's like the tortoise our... and the hare. You got, if you go too fast, you're just gonna get thrown through the muck. But you gotta go fast. But you become <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> you run Same. so fast, you don't see what you've become. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing faster than the light is the dark. Oh. <laughs> All right, so this uh, this next one's mostly for me and Thompson, but I could not resist telling you that the original cast of Life is Strange is returning for Farewell, which is the bonus episode included in Life is Strange Before oh. the Storm's deluxe release. Look at that. Ooh, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm so fucking happy about this. Uh, so now that the SAG after strike has reached its end, Square Enix and Deck Nine, who's the team behind the, you know, Before the Storm prequel, uh, are reuniting Max and Chloe's original actresses, Ash- Ashley Birch uh, and Hannah Tell. So I'm fucking ecstatic about this, you know. Um, there's this awesome little behind-the-scenes doc of the two of them doing some of the VO and talking about coming back that we've linked to down below um, that if you're a fan of the series, you're definitely going to want to check out. Um, but, you know, I, I've talked a lot about Life is Strange on this show and every show I've been on, every platform I've been given. I love Life is Strange, and I love Before the Storm. Before the Storm is better than it has any fucking business being. You know, Deck Nine has done an amazing job uh, getting back in that world. But having this final story that's going to be reuniting these characters for the first time since season one, showing them as kids again, and like they've teased, it might be the last time we ever see them together because they're not guaranteed to be the main characters in Life is Strange 2, um, I think is just a really, really awesome conclusion to this this story and like a really good send off for these characters if it is the end of my time with them. So I'm just so happy that this was able to come together and uh, that the the SAG strike is finally over with. So which one of them is going to die? Do you think? No, neither, because this is a it's a prequel. Like this oh, is okay. like uh, it's like right, the like. <laughs> to answer your it's question, it's always that it, they're 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 together, right? They end up together. It depends. Like okay. you you can play it as if there's a romance between them, mm-hmm. but I personally didn't because I didn't feel like that was that didn't feel like the text I was given. You know, okay. like I didn't feel romance between them. Um, but like you can play it that way for sure. Uh, okay. And uh, the like the prequel is very much about Chloe's romance with somebody else that oh. is a present force in the the story, but she's like you know. Spoilers. Is it, is it Rachel Amber? Yeah. It's all about her relationship with Rachel Amber, which you know, right? Just because if you play the first five seconds of Life is Strange, you know Rachel Amber being dead is a huge thing in Life is Strange. Um, uh, missing, Pete. Oh, uh, there's the missing. Engaged that's trip. fair. Okay. Well, just wondering where that came yeah, from. Yeah. She's not confirmed as dead. I've just come to that conclusion because no teenage girl goes missing for that long and turns up fine. <laughs> um, But yeah, so just... I felt the need to call this out. Uh, I love Life is Strange, and I've gotten Thompson to drink the Kool-Aid on it. So um, I'm so excited. You know, go check out our Pals play of it. We're having a great time with it. As soon as we're done with this, we're going to do Before the Storm. So by the time we get to that, this will probably be out. It's coming out in 2018. Um, third episode hasn't even come out of uh, of Before of um, before the Storm. So we've got a little bit more time yet before we see this. But uh, I'm very excited. It sounds, you know, sounds good, man. I know that you love before the storm and stuff i'm really excited for you too because i haven't even beaten the first one yet 
Yeah, I, I can't wait for you to play Before the Storm, too, because I'm sure you're going to get a kick out of it. Maybe I can kill both of them. If I do things right, that'll be the right answer. <laughs> to answer Peggy's question, it's like, which one dies? Both of them. <laughs> there's, always, there's always, like, some way, shape, or form the barrier gaze trope comes in. So it turns out it was just that other girl that showed up, right? Mm, the yeah. one that's missing, quote-unquote? Yeah. yeah, so you're fine. You're fine. Exactly. The other one should be okay. It's always one. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the the bonus episode that they're doing is a prequel of them when they were, like, younger kids before Max moves away. Because that's, like, the major plot point of oh, their friendship is, like, she gotcha. had moved away, comes back to the town she grew up in, and reconnects with her childhood best friend. Um, uh, that's cool. You should play this game, Peggy. I should. I know, yeah. I know Sean won't because he doesn't, like, I can't get him to play story games. But he's told <laughs> me he, he might try it. But <laughs> one day... I think, I feel like it's an easier sell on you because you don't have you're not I'm not also trying to get you to play Red Dead Redemption so <laughs> um but yeah check it out please it's a great game actually you have PS4 right me do you get yes. your PS Plus games you yeah. should have it for free really yeah. oh yeah I do I downloaded it and all that jazz just never touched it Blue Promise me, as as my friend, play it. <laughs> I will play it once I'm done with Destiny 2. Okay, I'll take it. That means yeah. never, Pete, so, you know. Yeah, Christopher Cyrus is coming out next week, so it's going to be like two months. Her promise is not, it, it doesn't mean anything. She told me she was going to play Heroes of the Storm. Where's that at? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, oh, yeah. Waiting, she's waiting for our I will play streams. that. I just never said when. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit. I'll wow. play it tonight. How about that? Wow, so Peggy's word is meaningless. You heard it here first. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Hot takes. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of Destiny 2, in our last major story of the day, we got a huge update around last week's Bungie Destiny 2 drama. So, for those who missed last week's show, Bungie was recently caught with their pants down when a Reddit user discovered a hidden scaling system was reducing the amount of XP awarded to players despite the number of, uh, excuse me, despite the numbers which were appearing to them on screen. So, they were doing, um, what are they, they're not dailies, what are they called, Peggy? They're, uh... The raid, the challenges, milestones, strikes, basically anything. It was strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, they were doing the strikes... And it was saying that they were getting, like, 5,000 XP every time. But, you know, a Redditor uh, did the math and figured it out that they were getting diminishing returns based on how much XP they were actually gaining. Um, so this is controversial, not only because of the deceit, but also because of the way XP works in uh, the game. You know, made it so that Bungie was also limiting players' abilities to collect bright engrams. Which led players to, I think, probably rightfully accuse the dev of trying to funnel them towards microtransactions. So after making a public statement that the system was, quote, not performing the way we'd like it to, uh, they decided to turn the system off. However, Bungie has also decided to double the amount of XP required to advance from 80,000 to 160,000. Right. Um, Perfectly logical so Andy, answer. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting, though, because I, I will say this, right? Andy Chalk over at PC Gamer, uh, who had, wrote one of the articles that we'll link to da- down below, pointed out that um, you know while the removal of scaling has increased the rate of XP gain, especially for those who grind hard, the doubling of the level up requirement, which effectively cuts the gain rate in half, means that players will only see an increase of about 6% overall, a far smaller jump than what was expected given how much XP was being held back by scaling. So players are seeing about a 6% increase in uh, the amount of XP that they're earning towards leveling up, even though they doubled this number, Um, which is not nearly as much as they would expect, obviously, considering how much they were being throttled. 
Um, so Bungie has since conned Twitter to confirm that the change was intentional and not some kind of bug, saying, quote, the Destiny 2 API has yet to be adjusted to reflect the recent in-game change to earn DXP, but we are working on an API update to address the discrepancy. The correct value to earn an additional level is 160,000 XP. Yeah, Pete, I'd like to point out that somebody data mined the game to find that out before that they, they stated that on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying is they came out to confirm. They were like, yes, that is the correct number. But like they didn't um, come out the gate saying it. Yeah, though. they didn't come out saying it. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. Um, so then following the rising tensions around all of this drama, uh, Bungie canceled a planned promotional stream, which we had oh. teased last week during our Destiny 2 segment. Um, that was supposed to be about the expansion coming out, you know, um, today. If you're that would be the Curse of Sunday Osiris. Post. Um, yeah, Curse of Osiris. And uh, instead, they opted to post a blog post titled The State of Destiny 2, which uh, they said was to, quote, address higher priority information about Destiny 2. So it's this massive blog post. We're not going to get into all of it just because that wouldn't do anybody any favors. If you're a Destiny 2 player who wants all the nitty-gritty details about what came out about this, you can go and read it yourself. Um, and I'm sure Peggy will pick out some of the highlights for you. But, um, you know, basically, uh, Bungie has outlined extensive plans for how they plan to address community feedback. Um, and the design director, Luke Smith, and the game director, Christopher Barrett, acknowledge that the studio needs to be more transparent and open up a better dialogue with its, with their players. Um, so they said that, um, this is from their statement. They said, our team has uh, been reading feedback and working on updates to improve the game. We've also been reading through tough, uh, some tough criticism about our lack of communication, and we agreed we need to be open more. Um, so, you know, this is uh, addressing a lot of things that were planned improvements that they had announced alongside the PC release of Destiny that are finally coming to fruition. Um, like I said, we really just can't get into all of them here. But a lot of them are already going to be live by the time you're listening to this episode on December 5th. And then there's a bunch of others that are due out on the 12th. So a lot of this stuff is right around the corner. Uh, and then they have a bunch of other stuff that they have outlined for their plans in 2018. So, Peggy, as our Destiny 2 uh, player, what do you think about all this? Like, wh- what do you think? Because you weren't on here to talk about the controversy. So what right. do you think about what they've done, how they've responded to it? And are you satisfied with these changes coming to Destiny 2? So I would say um, the initial controversy was I think Bungie was just bullshitting, to be honest. Um, I really didn't like the fact that they weren't very transparent, if at all, with what was happening. Um, Kind of salty about the fact that I've lost multiple levels now because of this throttling. Um, But that being said... I guess I don't value the bright engrams as much as everyone else because I really don't care. Like, I really don't care. It's all aesthetic, with the exception of, like, some kinetic mods. I'm sorry, some some mods in general every once in a while. Like, okay, that's cool to get, but I can also get that elsewhere, and I can get it faster elsewhere. I was never like, I can't wait for me to level up so I can get some mods. Like, that's never been a thing. Um, and... It's just, everything was aesthetic, and I don't necessarily care about that. Now, someone who's a little bit more hardcore than me might, because, you know, Destiny's uh, Last Cities, if anything, but a fashion show. But it's just not, that it really is, but it's just not, like, it's not really up there for me. If it was like EA's bullshit with, like, uh, outraged have to get by weapons this. and all that jazz that way, then I can see a problem. But for the most part, 
the engrams for Destiny 2, like the bright engrams, are just aesthetic, and I don't care. <laughs> I mean, like, I care, but I don't care enough to be like, this is a travesty, I'm not playing your game anymore. Right. Um, that being said, their actual, like, the updates are going to be really encouraging. We're going to get custom games, which is awesome. We can actually buy kinetic mods, which thank the fucking gods, because it took forever to get one of those. Um, the Masterworks, which is essentially you get an extra perk onto a gun. Um, those are really fun. I think they're going to be really fun to play with. Uh, there's some other stuff, too. <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff. And, you know, definitely read through either the Polygon, uh, like, wrap through or the actual, like, blog post that Bungie put out. But I'm actually really excited and really, really psyched to see what Destiny 2 has in 2018 because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I also think it'll really help the, the esports aspect of it, too. <laughs> I'm kind of expecting at least a small scene when it comes to D2. Um, I don't know how far it's going to go, but either way, I'm really excited to see what D2 has. And it's still one of the best games of 2018. Not the best. We'll get to that in a couple of, in a couple of, uh, sections down the line, but, uh, definitely one of my favorite games in Destiny in, sorry, in one of my favorite games this year. And I still think it's great regardless of Bungie being shitty about transparency, but if they're promising to continue to be not continue with their promise to become more transparent with it i can only sit and wait and see um but for the most part the entire controversy didn't really affect me because i don't necessarily care about the aesthetics and all that jazz like as long as i have the like three shaders i like i don't care and for the most part shaders are relatively easy to get to fair enough yeah i uh i I just think it's it's shitty how they handled this because I don't think it was a thing they needed to lie about. I don't think that what they were doing was unfair to say, hey, we're going to cap EXP returns because that's a normal thing. There are plenty of games that work on that kind of system. And I think if you just are transparent about it, it's not a problem. You know, it's just the, dis- the dishonesty. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where Destiny goes in, um, in t- or Destiny mm-hmm. 2, I should say, in 2018 because I, I found the narrative around it to be really interesting. I feel like the hardest of the hardcore, mm-hmm. a lot of the complaints that, um, that I've seen levied at it, I feel like come from this really weird – I'm seeing a weird dissonance among des- the Destiny faithful, right? Of A lot of the people that I know personally who've played both games have said that a lot of the complaints are ridiculous and overblown because, like, people are looking at Destiny 1 with rose-colored glasses of, like, oh, there's not as much... Like, I, I reached max light level in two weeks and there's nothing to do. It's like, that's what happened with Destiny 1. Like, people hated Destiny yeah. 1 in, like, the six months after launch. They're like, this is it? And then it wasn't until the game yeah. really got rolling and they figured it out that it was really good. And it's yeah. like... Mostly with, with Crota and Oryx, that's when it really hit D1. And that was, like, what, the second and third expansions, right? That was the second... Because House of Wolves was first and no one cares. But the second one, I believe, was Oryx. And, you know, it's just funny because I'm not defending them. I think, like, they had mm-hmm. a long time to work on Bungie... Or, I keep saying, like, thinking to say Bungie instead of Destiny. Uh, right. They had a long time to work on Destiny 2, and they should have learned from their mistakes in Destiny 1. So it's fine yeah. to criticize them for that, but the way that people are, like, comparing it to Destiny 1 is, like, you're comparing mm-hmm. a game that had a fucking five-year development after it was developed, you know, of it growing and becoming yeah. a good game that you like to play every day, that, like, you gotta just give Destiny a fucking... get Destiny 2 a chance to catch up. Yeah. I think that when it comes... 
like when it comes down to it, I think there's two arguments that have like an actual standing and isn't just like people being pissed off about loot boxes, especially with everything that's happening with EA. And I think <laughs> that's really helped really blast this out of proportion. But the first one is the lack of transparency from Destiny 2. Sure. I mean, fuck. Now I'm doing the thing you're doing, Pete. <laughs> the lack of transparency from Bungie. Um, and the second one is a thing I just forgot. Fuck. This is you, Pete. It's the. This is my it's, fault. Okay. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry. So, and the second one is the fact that this is a sequel, and you should have learned from these mistakes beforehand. Yeah. That was the one thing where someone was like, "This is like if this was like an original uh, IP and like just came out and it's brand new and all the jazz." Then yeah, we can see that there's a couple growing pains, and that would kind of be forgivable. If this was but Destiny this is Bungie, one. who's made Halo. Yeah, and they've done destiny one and you know what the problems are because that's always been the problem with destiny so to have this problem still in destiny 2 the hell did you learn from this from the original and i think those two arguments are definitely the most solid and the most like yeah okay you have a point there bungie didn't get their shit together in multiple ways when it comes to communication and actual development of destiny 2 but everything else i don't really see a problem with like yeah the loot boxes it just sucks that we weren't told beforehand but it's all aesthetic, so shut up. <laughs> Not to be a bitch about it, but like... Just grind just, harder. Just play the game. Just play the game. It doesn't matter that, you're, that like the, your number doesn't have a nice shader on it. It doesn't matter, because it can kill all the same. Just play <laughs> the game. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the things that um, uh, me and Thompson's buddy, Jared, who we mention every once in a while, uh, he's a big Destiny guy. And he always points that out. He's like, my character's fucking hideous. I don't care. Like, that's like, yeah. how often do you see your character? You're in first person when you're playing the damn game. And when I'm in the lobby, I'm just like, whatever, my guy's a fucking monstrosity. Like, <laughs> yeah, with the exception of like, when you're pulling your ults, like, that's really it. When you're pulling like, arc staff, gunslinger, any of that. Like, yeah, that's when you can get into, into third person. But for the most part, like, I don't care. Right. I don't care. I just want to play the game. And it, and the entire like, bright engrams were really yeah, always so said. for me. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm expecting this bright engram to be something that'll completely change the game. No, it's oh cool, that's a nice shader. Yeah, okay, I'll play that. And like that, that's it. Like that's really it. So I, I do think the entire thing is just blown out of proportion. The two things I mentioned before, the main arguments I have with Bungie, for the most part though, I'm enjoying Destiny two. I enjoyed Destiny one as well, but that's not what we're talking about. I enjoyed Destiny two uh, on PS4 and PC, and I'm just really excited for, for Curse of Osiris. I think things are going to be a lot better moving forward. Awesome. Well, I'm sure you'll have stuff to say about that next week when all this new content yeah. and the DLC drops. So let's uh, let's move, move, move right along here. Um, yeah. So our final news item this week is a small one, but it's going to take us into this week's meat and potatoes, uh, which I think should be a fun one. So Atlas has announced uh, via Twitter that Persona 5 has passed 2 million units sold. So um, I'm going to take an opportunity here to speak on uh, the shitlord of the show, Andy Brown's behalf. Uh, oh my god, I love Persona! It's the best game of the year! Ah. Perfect. If that's how you do your voiceovers for Doki Doki Literature Club, I'm so excited. Yeah, my impressions are that on point. <laughs> uh, so just for a little context, this makes this the highest selling game in the franchise, which probably should come as a surprise to no one. Um, but it brings the series' lifetime sales to 8.9 million, according to <laughs> It's pretty close. Um, so I think it's interesting because this kind of seems small, I think, when you just look at it in a, in a vacuum. 
But, um, you know, when you put it in perspective with the fact that this game is not only super niche, because it's a JRPG, uh, and a turn-based one at that, but uh, it's also exclusive to PlayStation platforms. Like, it's only on PS3 and PS4. And that number is actually pretty impressive. That's, that's not bad for that um, that context. You know, I'm sure Atlas it's on is... on PS3? Yeah, yeah. They, they do that. Um, so I'm, I'm sure they're more than happy with that number. So uh, congratulations to Atlas, for sure. <laughs> yep. And they'll tax the shit out of them. <laughs> So, before we get into the meat and potatoes this week, EA was back in the news for drama around cosmetic items in Star Wars Battlefront 2, fucking up Uf- the next UFC's beta with a terrible loot crate progression system, and their stock plummeting, but I'm fucking sick of talking about them and microtransactions, so I'm gonna throw it over to Sean for our thoughts on EA this week. EA was voted the worst company in the United States two years in a row. And that's that. So, for our actual main topic this week, it's time for wild speculation. So, two weeks ago, we discussed the nominations for Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, uh, and since the show is this Thursday, I thought it might be fun to play some bets on how we think the show's uh, votes are going to go. Um, are you hype? Good! <laughs> so, Andy and, I were, uh, Andy and I were discussing this privately the other day, um, kind of like talking about, you know, not who we want to win, who we think could win. So I thought it would be fun, you know, even though we'll have our own Game of the Year discussion soon enough, uh, to remove all personal feelings from it and just try to look at it in a kind of, you know, mathematic kind of way. Let's look at these awards and see who we think actually has the potential to win. So, um, Are we just going to roll from the top to the bottom? Uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to hit the major category. So mm-hmm. I've already given you guys the link, so if you don't already have it up, just take a second to pull it up. So, uh, and if, if you, you know, listeners at home want to follow along, you can go to the Game Awards slash awards and, uh, and check this out. If you're watching before the awards, after the awards, I imagine this list will be gone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're going to just start right at the top uh, with... Um, Actually, should we do should we do game of the year last? We should do that Is one that, last because that's maybe that seems like a little yeah. yeah. All right, okay, all right. So where where do we want to start then? I'm thinking we just keep it to the major categories. You know, I think it makes sense. Um, yeah. So any of the stuff that's like you know community uh, focused, uh, we'll stay best away game from. direction. I think we can start there. Well, I mean, oh, you want to start there and just go down, and we'll just save game of the year for last. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good call. That's a good call. Okay, all right. So we'll start. We'll start at best game direction, which is uh, awarded to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. So the noms are Wolfenstein Two, Resident Evil Seven, uh, The Breath of the Wild, and Super Mario Odyssey and Horizon Zero Dawn. So I feel like any of these are really solid contenders uh, for this for this award, which is true. Most of these categories, I would say. Like, there's clear winners in some of them, but this is a tough one um, in terms of, like, outstanding creative vision and innovation, right? Like, I feel like Nintendo's going to take this one. I think it's going to be I I don't know. either Breath of the Wild or... Uh, you think Nintendo's going to clench it? Just because Zelda, like, Breath of the Wild was so, yeah, Breath of the Wild was so, like, different from everything else that it did. And I just think Super Mario was different to a point, but not as much because it was kind of had a super, uh, had a sunshine feel to it. Whereas Zelda didn't really have, or rather Breath of the Wild, didn't have any precedent in this sort of type of game for that series. Unless I'm wrong, because this is the first Zelda game I have played. 
No, I mean, it's definitely distinctly different from any other Zelda game, and I would say mm-hmm. more so than Mario is different from any other 3D Mario. That's I would say that's definitely on point. It seems like Breath of the Wild has yeah. captured like the hearts of people, though. Like, a lot of fans, you know, removing my personal feelings, I do think Breath of the Wild in this. Yeah, and I think when you talk about, like, when it says, like, creative vision and innovation, right? Like, Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. did a few things that I think were fresh for open world games that were needed, like, the ability to climb anything. Like, sounds like a joke, yeah. but, like... It was incredible. That, yeah, it's huge. And um, in terms of creative vision, like... The, the world is really well realized and it's the most exciting excited I've ever been to explore an open mm-hmm. world um, maybe more than almost any other game you know so yeah I think I I think I'd probably agree with you guys I would say taking my my personal feelings out of this I think that definitely but makes sense but really quick just gonna throw a curveball considering the political and social climate that is happening right now, and how Wolfenstein reacted to it, I don't think Wolfenstein mm. is out of it. I think Resident Evil doesn't really mm. have a shot. I think Horizon Zero Dawn, I, I don't see that winning. But if they wanted to make a statement and say, we really liked how the game, like, not only just the game itself is very well-timed, but also how the studios, how Bethesda reacted to people, like, saying, why are you punching Nazis? To which they replied, because... It's, it's a thing that you need to do. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the, it's right, the right thing, thing to do. <laughs> In this political slash social climate, I can see a thing, like a, a chance, where they win Best Direction, not only because of how the game was, because it was an awesome game, but also just how they reacted to criticism about, not criticism, but like feedback about the, about the game in this yeah. very specific time. So I think... I think that mm. there's merit to what you're saying. I don't think that'll matter in this category. I think that's why they might take this okay. narrative. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's an award that Wolfenstein seems more poised to win, especially in the conversation of a single player dying and all this stuff that we had in Wolfenstein was the definitive net, like you know, antithesis fair. to that. Okay. You know, yeah, that's yeah. the counterpoint to that feeling. And I would actually not count out uh, Horizon Zero Dawn because I think. I don't think that Horizon Zero Dawn is going to take Game of the Year, and I think it will be recognized somewhere else. I think Best Game Direction is a place where I think it could uh, clean up because I think it it um, obviously it didn't have the mass appeal of something like, or not necessarily mass appeal because it actually sold more copies, but you know, it. I wouldn't say that it um, permeated the hearts and minds of like the mass gamer culture like Zelda did, but it was hugely popular with the kinds of people that vote for the game awards and for good reason i think if you're talking specifically about game direction and design uh i would say mario odyssey and horizon zero dawn were the best design games i played this year and i i think there's a better case for zelda than mario i don't know that there isn't a better case for horizon than zelda and i think that horizon's going to get snubbed in other places where zelda won't so i wonder if this is where horizon gets recognized I, I, I don't see a scenario where where Nintendo doesn't come mm-hmm. out of this category, whether it's Zelda or Mario. I, I'm more inclined to think that it'll be Zelda just because we've seen Mario games like this before, whereas this Legend of Zelda game is just completely different than what we've gotten uh, previously. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, I'll, I'll, I should say that I haven't played these games, but Horizon Zero Dawn gave me a lot of... Um, 
it, it felt a lot to me just visually like um, the Tomb Raider games. It felt like it was inspired by the more recent Tomb Raider games. It's very similar to that kind right. of Right, whereas I feel like uh, obviously there are other games similar to Breath of the Wild, but... Just seeing Link in this in this world and how that you know how that changes everything. The fact that it's a Nintendo game that looks like this with Link, um, I think that's massive. Uh, and then and then with Odyssey, I mean, everyone has had such amazing amazing things to say about this game. I just I just can't imagine that Nintendo doesn't win this category. The only reason that I think it's possible for Horizon to take it is that like what like when we looked at the other games that we think are serious contenders, right? We had one nice thing to say about all of them. Horizon's the only game on this list that succeeds in all of the categories. It has a really excellently recognized open world. The gameplay and combat is, like, insanely fluid. It has a really good, well-developed story with dialogue and mocap and a significant narrative. Each one of these games has one piece of that puzzle. I feel like in terms of, like, overall package. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the story of Zelda's great. What? Like it, it's a, it's paper thin, dude. You don't think the you combat's know, like, fluid? You don't think the world's fleshed out? I would say the world's really fleshed out. I would say the combat's okay. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I I think you're probably right, but I think Horizon might be a Cinderella story in this specific category in my mind. Um, but so let, let's let, actually. Do you guys want to like? I wanted to place bets, so let's all let's place our our final Zelda. bets on who we think is actually going to take it. Zelda. I'm going to go with Horizon. I'm going to take the wild card here who's, so that if it's not Zelda, I get the point and you guys all don't. Who's, who's uh, writing this down so we don't forget this later on? I mean, we have it recorded. It's recorded on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but is, but is Pete going to spend the time to That's go back? Great. Can everybody yeah. remember what they voted no. for last week? And- <laughs> yeah, I voted for the winners, obviously. <laughs> okay, yeah. I voted for the I winners, I voted for the right obviously. choice. Exactly. Chaotic. Good nature. stuff. All right. <laughs> Oh, All right, so uh, we'll, we'll move along here to uh, Best Narrative, which is awarded for Outstanding Storytelling and Narrative Development in a Game. So we have What Remains of Edith Finch, Near Automata, Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice, Wolfenstein 2, and Horizon Zero So Dawn. What Remained of Edith Finch was a lot of fun. It was very interesting going through that world and, and trying to, to figure out what the hell happened with this house um, and just what happened with the entire like family and just figuring out everyone just passing away in very weird or unfortunate ways and it was really awesome to to go through that being said i don't think i don't i don't see that winning i I see wolfenstein winning for for sure yeah like this is honestly another really tough category i think if it was a softer year any one of these games could win you know i think uh near obviously has its has its fans and the people that love near fucking love near yeah like on Um, a rapacious level (laughs) Yeah, and What Remains of Edith Finch was the biggest story-driven indie game this year. Uh, Hellblade made a ton of waves specifically for its story and how it deals with, um, you know, mental illness. But I think that's going to come up in another category later, so I don't know that it'll win here. Um, in a softer year, Horizon could take this category, but it won't. There's no way that it wins out against Wolfenstein um, because that's Wolfenstein's whole bag, it's, yeah. right? It's Wolfenstein, the entire way more narrative than, than Horizons yeah. is given to you, and you don't have to have Horizons if you don't want it. And like everybody is like, when you talk about Horizon, you talk about the gameplay, you talk about the world, you know, and the like um, secondary storytelling, the environmental storytelling. Wolfenstein is all about 
you know, an insane amount of well-developed, well-acted cutscenes and, you know, really, really visceral first-person shooting. You know, and it's like, I feel like that's the easiest fucking pick. I feel like it's gotta be Wolf. And I don't think Wolfenstein gets recognized yeah. anywhere And again, else. what we mentioned before, the, the entire, like, argument that i had yeah yeah, yeah that whole narrative I think that about fits, it yeah i think that fits here too that's a huge thing too yeah yeah absolutely that's this is um, yeah, so i think wolfenstein's gotta take it i'm gonna go with wolfenstein Sean? as well for all the same oh, reasons oh yeah yeah I, I i think it's the clear one unanimous um yeah and i i think they they deserve that recognition um so this next one i think is a really hard one Best art direction. I actually think for outstanding one... creative or te- and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. So we have Destiny Two, Cuphead, Breath of the Wild, Persona Five, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Again, any one of these games, I think. Honestly, I will say yeah, Destiny probably not. Like not to shit on Destiny, but these other four games are on an artistic level are incredible achievements. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, D2 is pretty, and it's such an improvement from D1, but putting them up against these guys, like, it doesn't, it doesn't have a shot here, I don't think. Right. I'm not trying to, like, yeah, I'm not trying to, like, put too much, like, emphasis on, like, that kind of stuff, but, like, they, Destiny, to me, like, I don't like play it, but it kind of seems the kind of game, like, if I picked up, like, the new Call of Duty or something, all the character models and designs would look the same, you know, like, relatively, just different skins on it. So it's, like, it's a technical achievement, it looks beautiful, but it's, like, it's still a first-person shooter, you know? Yeah. To me. You like, get a cape, though. Naturally. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's cool and all, but, like, I'm just saying, it's <laughs> no, all, yeah, like, first-person yeah, shooter it's stuff, like, yeah. It's another yeah. first-person sci-fi shooter. Yeah, I could that's, pick up whereas, like, anything, you know. It might not look as look good, at, but. Yeah. Right, yeah. That being said, I do want to see Cuphead win this just because I like the art style is so good, but I don't see Zelda. I don't see Zelda winning this. it either because like Oh, I said don't see Zelda losing this. Oh. I think they're going to win. I don't see win. Zelda oh. winning because like I don't see the the animation of it being like groundbreaking. Like we've had open world games and stuff before and like the art direction is so good in that game though, man. Like cuz I think like part of what makes the exploration so good is like all of my favorite moments of Zelda are walking over a hill and finding something and being like, oh, mm. "Look at this view. Look at this thing." You know, it's just beautiful, that's like, you know, like That's like not what I got from that game, honestly. Hmm. Okay. I got more of that from like Horizon, but I don't think Horizon's going to win, you know. Yeah, I would say Horizon deserves the nod because of the creatures. Yeah. You know, well, the, the attention worlds, to detail to to yeah, just building out that world and the unique look of the culture. Like when you and... when you stand on a ledge and you have like those hologram things where it shows like what the past looked like. I st- I must have spent ten minutes on each one like surveying the you know just to stare at it. Like yeah. that's what I Horizon like, is know. an insanely well developed world and that deserves that recognition. But I think it it has to come down to Persona or uh, or Cuphead because so, those are the two games really? where art direction oh. are intimately. Yeah. connected to the game you know like persona like okay. what made yeah. persona 5 stand out is how good it looks how flashy it is how stylish it is mm-hmm. but i think it's got to go to cuphead almost just because like the it, cuphead is so unique cuphead is the most unique game that came out this year I don't if think... it doesn't go to zelda i think it should go to cuphead agreed just it was just such a fantastic art design that we haven't seen really yet um outside of like Bendy and the Ink Machine, right? That and that came after that too. Yeah. So like, if, yeah, if Zelda doesn't win, I think it's a it's a shoe win for Cuphead. And like Cuphead commits to its art style in a way that few games <laughs> do, where it's like every single thing plays into the tone and look and feel of Cuphead. Yep. Like I would say, art design is like 
the biggest achievement of the game. Like, obviously, it's an insanely fun game, and it's incredibly challenging, but, like, how it looks, how it plays, how it feels is so different from everything else that's ever been made. I, I, uh, this is a tougher one. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, when I first saw it, I was so impressed by the visuals. Like, just more than anything, uh-huh. it's such a good-looking game. And, um, I just love the way that the, the villains looked, or, you know, the the bosses and the creeps and stuff like that. It's just like, just such a pretty game, uh, all around. And you don't really see art styles quite like this in games like this. So I feel like Horizon's got to be up there for this category. Uh, that being said, yeah. Cuphead is super unique and I love the way it looks. It gives me like nineties Mickey Mouse game, uh, yeah. kind of feels, um, uh-huh. modernized. And then, I mean, Breath of the Wild is just, it is what it is. I'm gonna go with uh, Breath of the Wild here. I feel like, I feel like, overall, um, it, it's it's the best looking of these games. But I don't think you can rule out at least Cuphead or Horizon. Persona, I don't know enough about, but uh, I I think it, I think you really could go three ways with this. But I'm gonna go with Breath of the Wild. Yeah, my heart says Cuphead, but my head says Zelda. So I'm going with Zelda. For me with this, I think I like trying to like, you know, because again, right, we're, we're talking about what we think is going to win. Right. And I think trying to think about the way that these these awards go, that there is a certain amount of politics to them in terms of like, well, if we're going to give this this, we can't just give Zelda everything, you know, like. I think this is a place where you recognize one of the games that isn't going to win in other categories. I think this is a place where Cuphead or Persona has an opportunity to pick up an award that it deserves that it won't win somewhere else. So I think it's one of those two games, and I'm inclined to say Cuphead. The only reason I think it would be Persona is because I don't think Persona – or no, actually, never mind. Persona does have another category where it will definitely clean up. So I would say, yeah, Cuphead. Cuphead's my thing. I'm pretty confident for Cuphead just because, like – it comes down for me to be between Persona 5 and Cuphead, and I don't think there are, you know, like, uh, as much technical achievement, in, was, as it says, you know, in the, the fact that they made Persona 5. Like, sure, it looks great and everything, but, like, they made 3 and 4 already. We've already seen that kind of thing. Cuphead's is so unique that they kind of have to say, like, this is a technical achievement right here, you know? Yeah, the fact that Cuphead exists is special. Right. Like, for, 5 isn't bad in any way, shape, or form, and it's art. Yeah, it's beautiful, but... It's not like they hadn't done this before. And Cuphead just came out of nowhere. And it was a work of love, really. So, I mean, that is what they put all the work in. So, Right. So this next one is uh, really interesting because it actually has six nominees. And it's the only category that looks that like it has that many. So I don't know what's up with that. But uh, So for best score slash music, we have, uh, you know, obviously for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, or licensed soundtrack. Um, so we've got Destiny 2, Cuphead, Near Autonoma, uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, and Persona 5. Um, so I can't speak to Destiny or Near, but I've heard that Destiny has a, has a solid soundtrack, specifically like its end chapter, I know apparently has like an amazing score. Its end chapter does the first mission that you get once the fall happens you know what i mean if you played it that is amazing like that entire like getting out of the city is an amazing score the farms music is awesome like all of it is is just such an improvement from d1 and just probably my favorite soundtrack of the year actually nice yeah. 
Um, not going to say so for me. I'm just saying that's a thing. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Destiny has a shot yeah, I here. Um, I don't know that Nier does either. I think Zelda, while I like its soundtrack a lot, I don't think it's um, memorable enough. I think the main theme is like memorable, but the problem with the main theme is that it's like an improv. It's a it's like an improvisation. Excuse me. It's an improvisational piano piece, so it it doesn't have a clear melody like every other Zelda. So when you hear it, it's immediately recognizable, but you can't like hum it. And I think that's damaging to it. Um, and I think when you look at the the games it's up against, specifically in my mind, Odyssey and Persona Five. Odyssey has an amazing soundtrack. Every level has a great, unique theme. Uh, and they have two versions of it because they do the orchestral and the 8-bit versions for when you're doing the 2D stuff. Uh, it has the Odyssey, like, main theme that's sung by Paulette, um, or Pauline, rather, that's, like, used in, that was used in all the commercials and everything that's been super memorable. Like, music is a huge part of Mario. Art is a huge part of Mario. And the music in Mario games has always been fire. And this is definitely another amazing soundtrack to add to that legacy. So I think it, it's a, it could easily clean up here, mm-hmm. but I think Persona 5 has a great shot because Persona as a series has a, a huge, huge tie to music. A uh, few people know this, but something that Andy's pointed out before is that like in the beginning of the games when they list, you know, the, you know how like they always list the creative leads in a game first, yeah. you know, to say like, these are the people that headed up. The composer of Persona is always listed in the top three. Wow. Like he's he's him, the art director and the game director are looked at as the core that make Persona what it is. So this is another place where I think Persona could get a nod if Mario's cleaning up everywhere else. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played any of these games, but uh, Mario seems like a shoe in for me just because knowing how Mario games tend to sound, uh, it's always great. Um, what you said about Persona is really convincing, though. So it's kind of tough. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and choose Mario. Yeah, I think it's between Mario and Persona, but I think Mario's going to take it. Just because the song is so damn catchy. And if it's stuck in your head now, I apologize. I'm not. <laughs> You're my superstar! <laughs> so, my question is for Destiny 2. Does it have, like, sweeping orchestral stuff, like, yep. you could play during, like, war music kind of shit? Yeah, you can play while you're, you know, riding into battle, all that jazz. Ah, oh, lord. So yeah. I, I haven't, like... Bungie's good at that, Bungie's I have to say. Bungie's very good at that, yeah. That that fucking OG Halo theme of, like, the... Right, yeah. So that's... That's what I'm asking about, yeah. Like, their low-key stuff. Their low-key stuff, too. The Farms music, again, is one of the best, like, social space music that i've that i've heard i haven't heard destiny's or near's uh soundtrack so i can't really say but i think personally i'd like destiny 2's the most out of all these i don't really remember zelda's and persona 5's never really struck me i mean i know it's like good but it's not my type of music so it's just like meh you know it's there it's literally like there's like about 500 original pieces of just electro jazz yeah (laughs) but it's just like not so much original my kind of music so it doesn't really you know but i know people love it so yeah. Um. Haven't gotten enough into Mario to really know the whole, you know, sound, and we only got few, through a few worlds in our uh, in our pals play. Um. But I, I guess I don't know. Like, people are probably gonna vote for Persona in this. I think you know. 
Because, like, if it's uh, all the other ones I'm thinking that we've gone through, I haven't said Persona's going to win that. I think it would probably clean up here, you know? Fair. There are, yeah. like, and there are hours of original music. Yeah. Like, there's so much music written for this game. Yeah. Well, it's probably going to be that then, because it's the one guy's in the top three anyway, right? So. Yeah. So, I think the other game that does actually have a shot, though, that we haven't mentioned is Cuphead. Cuphead soundtrack is just as important to its art style, <clears> but I think since it's going to get recognized for art, I don't see it winning here. Right. Fair. That's, yeah. that's my, um, uh, my logic in this but i think so the whole thing right it says for outstanding music inclusive of score original song or licensed soundtrack i think mario takes it simply because and i give it my vote because yeah persona's soundtrack is more impressive than mario's but i think when you look at mario it has it has a a fantastic soundtrack throughout and it has the main theme that main theme is the most iconic piece of video game music that came out this year yep and it's, it plays in one of the biggest moments of the game. You know, like, Peggy, you know, the New Donk City moment. Yes. You know, like, that's one of the biggest pops in the game. Yep. And it's and it's all set to a musical cue. I have not heard this. So I, <laughs> it's I the, feel the like, festival, for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. So I, I feel like if it isn't Mario, it's Persona, but I'm going to put my vote to Mario. Same. Mario as well. If I had to guess. Uh, so now we've got best audio design, which a lot of people are like, what? That's the same thing. It's not. No. Don't be a scrub. Recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. So for that, we've got Destiny 2, Hellblade Send You a Sacrifice, Resident Evil 7, Breath of the Wild, and Super Mario Odyssey. I think this is the place where Resident Evil hits it because it's such – sound itself is so huge in that game. And really it isn't any horror game. Um, but I think mm. RE7 really did it well, and I also think that this could be wrong, but from what I remember from, like, these sort of awards, it's like, when audio comes up, usually it's a, a horror game is either a very strong contender or wins, like, one of the two, just because of how big sound so is. Yeah. Um, for those jump scares, for everything. Um, the so yeah, I, I think RE7 wins. Uh, wait, what? Right. Tension building too of uh yes of the of, of re7 like it's not always a jump scare with that game a lot of it's you know you're being chased and all that but the music is getting louder or something yeah to like you know try to put like part of the reason i think i'm, I'm gonna throw my hat in on seven also just because like the music on it like isn't necessarily anything to write home about but the the sound design of that game is fucking perfect like a yep. chainsaw sounds like a chainsaw when it's cutting through a hand you know it's fucking nasty and i love it um they really nailed it, you know. They they really make you feel like you're there for like the sound alone, yeah. you know. That yeah, that atmosphere car doesn't work without good sound design. And yeah, Resident Evil Seven definitely succeeded in that, especially if you were playing it in VR. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That shit was that shit was really cool. Like yeah, um, like not like Zelda doesn't have a good like overall like sound while you're in the world, you know, and certain like rainstorms sound great and all that. But RE Seven just has such a reaction with you, you know, like yeah. it really portrays what they want to get across. So, for me, the game I think I want to see win is Odyssey. Um, I think Mario's sound design is always so on point. Like, the little things of, like, just the sound design of, like, what it sounds like when Mario is, like, running or when he's jumping. And there's just so many little things that I think go unappreciated. Um, it also depends that- on what costume you're wearing, too. That makes it so perfect as well. Like, you have a different sound yeah. than when you're running if you're, like, in the, uh, in, like, the trunks or whatever they are versus, yes. like, really? the... Though, yeah, it's it's very distinctive. Like you can tell oh. just by listening what Mario is in. Oh, that's incredible! Yeah, and like that attention to detail speaks to what I'm talking about. 
But I think to Peggy's point, I actually think Senua's sacrifice is going to win here because the game That's is fair. all about mental illness and a big, huge part of it is that they it's the only game that I've ever heard of that it tells you to wear headphones. Wow. Really? It recommends fair, you play the game with so headphones. I would not know, but that's interesting. And, yeah, and I didn't either, but I, you know, I've heard a lot about it just because it was a big story this year. And a big part of it is that your character is like having delusions and stuff, and that you hear voices in your head, and there's like this track of just the echoes and all this cool. stuff, and that it plays into the psycho- psychology of it. Oh, so I think, cool. I think, I think that game's going to get recognized for that because it's the most unique entry on this list. You know, Resident Evil, Mario, all these other games, sure, they have good sound design. But they're just doing things we've already seen done well. That was actually a new thing. Fair enough, yeah. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I gotta give it to that. Still gonna say seven, but that's really neat that they they incorporated that. Uh I'm I'm inclined to go with Resident Evil Seven. I feel like Mario could also easily win, but um Yeah. With any horror game, sound is just so important. And I think when you get it right um, it, it makes the game 100,000% better. Whereas any of these other games, you know, sound definitely elevates the content, but it's not, you know, you could get by in a Mario game if, 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 if it wasn't so perfect, if the sound wasn't so perfect, you could get by. With Resident Evil games, if the sound isn't perfect, it's very noticeable. And so for that, yeah, that's, that's for that fair. reason, I'm just going to give it to Resident Evil 7. Cool. Uh, so the next one is for best performance, which is awarded to an individual for voice acting, motion capture, or performance capture. Um, another really tight category, we've got uh, Melina Jurgens from Hellblade as Senua, Laura Bailey from Uncharted The Lost Legacy as Nadine Ross, Claudia ba- Black, Uncharted The Lost Legacy as Chloe, Fla- Chloe Frazier, um, Brian Bloom from Wolfenstein 2 as BJ Blazkowicz, and Ashley Birch uh, from Horizon Zero Dawn as Aloy. So for the, I'm just gonna start every conversation, I guess. But uh, for this in particular, I would my like gut reaction is just saying Laura Bailey because Laura Bailey's like one of the most recognizable um, voice actors for for just in general. Um, yeah, I don't know that she's gonna get that attention for Nadine. I though. agree. Uh, a because I don't think it was as strong as some of the other people on this list. Um, and I don't even think it was as, as strong as the other person on this list that's from the same game. Fair. And also, I think like the Claudia controversy Black around her G. voicing Nadine, I think, also knocks it down a little bit. Despite her having no no control over it, just the controversy itself, I think, I think, isn't going to help her, unfortunately. Um, but I would, I honestly don't know because I didn't play Hellblade. Uh, I've played Wolfenstein quite a bit, but I don't think he's going to win either. I'm going to say Ashley Birch, but I'm not entirely sure. So I will say I think it has to be Ashley or Melina because mm-hmm. Melina's actually not a voice actress. Oh, that's um, cool. She works at Ninja Theory and she was chosen to play Senua like kind of by random stance. And she did full face capture. She did the voice. Like she's a brand new name on this list. And I think she will probably get recognition for that. And if not, I think it's Ashley because Ashley is – she's been like a sleeping giant in voice acting. And like I think Aloy was like – Chloe was like her first major role, role, Chloe from Life is Strange. Again, not that she didn't have a um, career before that. But like this is her first role in a huge, huge major AAA game where she played the main character and voiced hours and hours and hours of dialogue. You know, so like – Yeah, dude, if you if I you, feel like, if you played Zero, Zero, Zero Dawn, man, it's just like fucking – 
that's like the one comment I kept telling you, man. Every single scene, every little stupid dialogue, they had her vo- mocap and voice. That woman must have done yeah. like hundreds and hundreds of hours of mocap. Yeah, I feel like Aloy was the breakout character of this year too. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like Hellblade has a chance because of the context around it, but I feel like the voting staff has a bigger connection to Horizon. And I want to see Ashley win. So I'm going to give it to Ashley, even though I don't know that she's the safe choice. I'm going to go with Ashley. Uh, All the, like all the conversation around her performance in this game was always positive. I heard interviews with her and she seemed really passionate about the character. um, And that's always cool to see. Uh, I'm I'm sure all these other actors and actresses are, 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 you know, into their characters as well, but it just seemed like she really, really cared and was very deeply invested. And uh, when I have watched some gameplay, everything that I hear sounds great, so uh, I'm going to go with her. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm going with her too. Um, the biggest thing about Horizon for me was Aloy's performance. Like, every single little bit of dialogue is just beautiful, you know? Like, there's never a scene in there that I felt like they just copy-pasted anything. It feels all genuine, you know, like, all the lines are delivered. It's great. I don't think there's ever a moment of that game where she's not, you know, just, like, the star of it, so. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think she's a strong choice, too. Uh, and I'd love to see her recognized because she's one of my favorite uh, people in the uh, in the industry right now, for sure. Um, so, next one is Games for Impact, which is for a thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or message. Um, so we have Please Knock on My Door, Night in the Woods, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Bury Me My Love, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Hellblade Send You a Sacrifice. It's gotta be Hellblade. Yeah, like, Hellblade, I, yeah. Definitely. Like, Night, Night in the Woods, Life is Strange, and What Remains all have, like, fan appeal, but the narrative for Hellblade here is just, like, it's about mental illness. Yeah, like, it, this is gonna take it. It's and I haven't it. given it anything else, so I feel like they would probably put it for this category, you know? Yeah. I just think yeah. that this is its perfect zone. Going with Hellblade as well. All right. Uh, So we got best ongoing game, which is, you know, games and services, basically. Uh, So we got Warframe, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, Grand Theft Auto Online, Destiny 2, and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I think it's got to be pub, right? I have a big problem with this category because there's a game that shouldn't be here. There's, there's, There's a game on this list that is actually not out. And, Wait, what? Oh my god, Sean's gonna jump on his soapbox and talk about how PUBG's not a real yeah, game. it's not, it's not released. <laughs> it's, it's not that it's not a real game, Pete. It's, it's an early access, thank you. That's yes, not so released. it can't be nominated. Yeah, that's, the, the, that should not be here. But it can, Jeff Keighley made an exception. Uh, okay, Exce- exceptions mean that there is a problem. The fact that he had to make an exception means that this is not normal, it shouldn't be here, he did that because this is a popular game and that's it. This game should not be here. This isn't right. Uh, I think this. I feel like this game should win. Wow, Pete. Look, if you have a tournament that that's over three hundred fifty thousand dollars, like it's a game. It's a game. It's a game, but it's not it's out. The, that being, but it was the. Eh. It was the hottest game but of it the year. Is, though, it's man. Not out. Like, it was the hottest. And like, look, I'm telling you, I don't think it should win game of the year, but I feel like it's got to win something. Like, it deserves recognition this year because, like, yeah, it, how about I don't most think... anticipated game? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's not out. Alright, so fine. Cash your cash your votes. If it's not pub, I think it's Destiny 2. That's it. Overwatch. 
Overwatch. Yeah. Siege. That's fair. Especially with Rainbow Six Siege up. over here. Pro- Don't project me. Are you, you guys kidding me? Played it. I have. Oh, I've lost the esports too. Too it sucks. Oh, <laughs> not the esports. The actual game. The I feel like five hundred so hours buggy, game. and it's terrible. <laughs> oh um, my god. But yeah, no, I think it's either PUBG or Overwatch, and I'm going to give it to Overwatch, um, specifically okay. because of how much it's grown since the one year that it's been out. The Ooh, owl, the over. That's a really good point. Owl coming out this year. Yeah. Since Overwatch League is coming out this year, we had the World Cup uh, being one of the biggest esports events this year as well. We're not going to talk about Worlds. But that is probably, like, I I would give it to Overwatch because it's just being able to expand so much, not only for the casual player because of, you know, adding more heroes and that sort of thing, but also the esports esports aspect of it is becoming a lot more quote-unquote mainstream, as much as I fucking hate that term. And that... And, like, the Overwatch League is going to be something that's huge. Um, and I don't think any of the other games has something that recognizable yet. PUBG might eventually, but I do not think it's there yet. Especially with, you know, multi-million dollars a spot in a league. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. So um, I'm so also like, biased. We'll see on that one. The only reason I'm going to say Siege and I'm sticking with it is because if you read for the awards thing, it says for the development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. And Siege has been out for a really long time, and it's changed so much since it's come out that it's just always been an experience. And every patch that they put out adds something into it. Like, pretty Project big. Project Health. So, like, Warframe for me like, fits in that. Destiny 2 hasn't been out long enough. I think Grand Theft Auto might even be for that. I think Overwatch had it had another year could could be the best ongoing game. And PUBG, you know, I don't know. Let's not talk about that one right now. I just think Siege, <laughs> seriously, because, like, I'm not even trying to, like, fuck around with this. I really do think Siege, regardless of how I feel about it, because it has changed so much. I mean, I think based on that criteria, I feel like GTA should get it because it's been around for so long and people are still fucking playing that game. And I That's don't true. understand it. That's true. But we'll see. Uh, so we're going to skip best mobile Watch game because it's a farce game. because Pocket Camp isn't represented and Pocket Camp is the best mobile whoa, game of all time. Whoa, Fire Emblem Heroes is here and Andy, whoa, whoa, no, whoa. Andy would definitely have a big gripe with you if you didn't <laughs> Fire Emblem that's why, Heroes. That's why he thought he could pull a fast one on it because Andy's not here. I'm going to stand yeah. up for this, for justice. No, yeah, I, I feel like Fire Emblem Heroes could take it. Oh, okay, so the, the contestants are Fire Emblem Heroes, Super Mario Run, Old Man's Journey, Monument Valley 2, or Hidden Folks. I haven't played four of these, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I think Fire Emblem Heroes or Monument Valley 2 take it because I know Monument Valley is a big deal even though I haven't played it. And Fire Emblem Heroes is like games journals really liked it and are still playing it. So yeah. they're the ones voting. Mm. Agreed. So yeah, I think Heroes yeah, is I'll agree take with it. that, sure. Sounds good. I don't even, I guess I'm going to put my money on Fire Emblem just because. Yep. Likewise. Okay. Uh, so best handheld game. We've got um, Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. Monster Hunter Stories, excuse me, uh, Metroid Samus Returns, Ever Oasis, Fire Emblem, Echo Shadow, Valentia. Uh, I, I think it's really funny how Nintendo is literally the only, like, like they're the publisher on every one of these games oh my God, because wow. they're the only people that do I think Nintendo's going to win. Uh... <laughs> Nintendo's going to pull out of this one. Yeah. I feel like it's Metroid. I think, like, I think I Metroid even, as well. I don't yeah. even think there's another contender that even makes sense. Mm-hmm. Metroid. Metroid. Sweet. Uh, best best VR AR game. Um, I I feel like so. Okay, the the list is super hot VR, Star Trek B- Bridge True, Lone Echo, Echo Arena, Farpoint, and Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. It's got to be Resident Evil. 
Resident don't Evil's like knock Star Trek, dude. That is I'm, a quality don't knock thing. Super hot. I'm not even knocking these games. I'm just saying that, like, I feel like Resident Evil is not going to take any other categories. Resident no. Evil is a game that people Sound. had a lot of love for, but is overlooked because of how many other games came out and outshined it. And I feel like this is an easy category for it to clean up because it was the biggest, most realized VR game on this list. You know? I'm going to say super hot because I think the actual gameplay of it was just so VR specific. And sure. just a lot of, a lot, like, very interesting and probably one of the newer ways to, like, play a game in, in VR anyway. So, like, I, I'm going to go with Super Hot. Nice. I'm going to go with Resident Evil. Uh, I've heard great things about <laughs> about the VR uh, usage of this game, and um, it looks great. I haven't had the opportunity to play it with VR, but... Uh, I've heard that it was it's made. It's terrifying. <laughs> that's that's perfect. I've heard it was. It's so. Scary. I've heard it was yep. made with VR in mind, and a triple A AAA game made with VR in mind. It's Resident Evil. I, I, to me, this is a no brainer. Hmm. I think Super Hot like definitely brought a new way to play with the with the VR systems, but Resident Evil feels kind of like the perfection of it for like. Fair point. Like, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm gonna go with Resident Evil on this. I think. I think if it doesn't win, it's it is super hot though. Yeah. So I, I yeah. can't wait yeah. to be Definitely wrong on this, two. but I'm still gonna go super hot. Definitely number two though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one of those good bets to hedge though, because if you're right on that one and we're all wrong, that's an important point for you to clean up. You know. <laughs> Fair. So I don't. I, um, I don't think I'm gonna be right to be honest, but I still think super hot's gonna win. It's weird. Anyway. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so next up is best action game. Uh, so we have Prey, Neo, Destiny 2, Cuphead, and Wolfenstein 2. Um, I think Neo takes this one. I think Neo had a lot of fanfare, and it's not getting recognized anywhere else. Um, so I think that's probably what takes it. Uh, what I want to win is Cuphead. <laughs> um, but I also feel like Wolfenstein 2 and Bungie are also strong. Or, <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> uh, and Destiny 2 are both strong contenders. I'm going to say Destiny 2 on this one. I don't see it winning anywhere else. Um... If it doesn't win score, I don't see it winning anywhere else, and I don't think it's going to win score. So, yeah. Uh, I also don't, when I'm thinking action, I do think of Destiny 2 or Neo. I don't think Cuphead. Just, I don't think the art lends itself to the type of action that we're kind of expecting in this sort of category, or at least it's stereotypically expected in this sort of category. Um, That being said, I do really like Destiny 2's combat system, and that's always been, like, a very good part of Destiny, in my opinion. So I would I would say D2. Nice. I'm going to go with Destiny here. Yeah. Uh, I just I just feel like it's got to get something. Basically, I <laughs> echo Peggy's sentiments. Hmm. I'm really torn on this. Like, Neo, Destiny, and Wolfenstein are all, like front runners for me i don't know where i'd lay with this one uh destiny's gotta get something like you said i think wolfenstein is just at its core just an action game and neo um i'm inclined to like anything from like that whole series you know the souls like games and everything so you know um i don't know if prey really fits here because it's kind of got like the uh lulls in between the action when there's action it's lots but it's not like an action up front all the time kind of game and to be so, honest, I consider yeah. Prey to be more of, like, a speedrun game, to be honest, because <laughs> it went from, like, I think you have to complete it in, like, eight hours, but 
within like the first week people were complaining it in like 10 minutes yeah there's a way to like, get to like the 10. end in like under under 15 if you do it correctly yeah, yeah. it's crazy yeah mm. it's insane. which is nuts yeah um god bless arcane <laughs> I, I guess i'm gonna give it to wolfenstein for this one cool uh all right so for best action adventure game um we've got uncharted the lost legacy assassin's creed origins the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, and Horizon Zero Dawn. This is where Horizon so, cleans up. <laughs> I, so I don't know, though, dude, because here's the thing, right? It says best action slash adventure yes. game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Yeah. That's Zelda. Yeah, but Horizon's what else got has, that, too. What else has that level of puzzle solving? Though? Oh, yeah, puzzles. You're right. Like, Horizon has, like, very simple Shit. puzzles. But, like, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Zelda, uh, Zelda or Mario clean that up Zelda, Zelda now fucking yeah, Zelda. Zelda clean it up Zelda. it's gotta be Zelda though it's gotta be damn. Zelda <laughs> I thought Horizon I, can, I still can't give it anything damn always the bridesmaid <laughs> it's the best game of the year uh okay so then best role playing game we've got <sighs> Divinity South Park <laughs> no South Park The Fractured But Whole Final Fantasy 15 which is funny because if you like based on the way that the game awards work Final Fantasy does count for this year because it came out so late last year. It couldn't qualify. <laughs> um, like PUBG Divinity should. Original... Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, Near Automata, and Persona 5. It's Persona 5. Yeah. I agree. I would say Persona, yeah. Persona 5's like, A, the obviously the best role-playing game that came out this year. Hardline Divinity. Contender. Oh. All right. It's cool. You can be on the wrong side. <laughs> no, I'm going to... I want Divinity to win, but I'll give it to Persona. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then we got Best Fighting Game, which is Tekken 7, Nidhogg 2, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Injustice 2, and ARMS. Oh, boy. Gotta be Injustice 2. ARMS. Gotta be Injustice no, 2. No, I'm kidding. Injustice 2. Uh, ARMS was my favorite, but Arms it has shit. to be Injustice 2. You're shit. CP? So are water Pokemon. You want to get into this right now? Ooh. I'm sorry. Oh, your opinions man. are trash, Peggy. Ooh. You know shit about Nintendo. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Meow. Like, I liked I liked Mario fine. Water Pokemon are lame. Arms sucks. What are you even talking about? The truth. You can't handle Get the truth. Here. I don't know. Arms. Hey, I, so I, I think really, Justice Two is gonna win. I don't really believe in that game. Bro, you you haven't even played it. It's it so did. I've played it. It's Did you not keep that it great. at arms yeah, length? I'm not surprised. <laughs> See, just, he bad, made me play it again bad. after I've already played it, and he was like, "But you never played it." I was like, "But I did," and I played it again, and I was like, "It's still not good." Yeah. <laughs> I played it for. Fuck you guys. Uh, I'm actually gonna. I, I would love to see Injustice win this, but I think Tekken Seven wins. Tekken, yeah, Tekken is the darling fighting game of critics, and for all intents and purposes, Tekken Seven is really, really good. Injustice Two is a good game in its own right. I mean, I play it all the time. I love it, but um, I think I could definitely see people having some issues with it that would keep it from winning uh, best fighting game. So I'm going to go with Tekken 7. I just feel like the hype around Injustice 2 has been so real this year. Mm -hmm. It might just be anecdotal because I'm not as into the fighting game community. Um, yeah, I'm just feeling, I feel like that game really captured a lot of hearts and minds. The fighting game community hates Injustice 2. Uh, oh, it, ha why? it hates Injustice 1 as well. Because what counts as a fighting game and what doesn't in that world is very fickle. And a lot of fighting game players do not like 
NRS games, uh, NetherRealm Studios uh, games, because yeah. they're crazy. Like Injustice Two, so I'm a I'm a diehard fighting game fan. I've been playing fighting games my entire life. Injustice Two is the most difficult transition into getting into a fighting game that I've ever had, because the skills that you have in other fighting games don't translate the same way, and it's very much. It's, it, it takes a different set of skills to be really good at this game than it does in any other fighting game. And that hmm. pisses a lot of people off. Okay. It's also not balanced particularly well. That's a Neversoft for you. <laughs> Netherrealm. Netherrealm. Nether 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 Studios. Used to make the fucking Tony Hawk games. That's a Tony Hawk Studios. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so uh, Peggy Thompson, what do you guys got up for this one? I guess I'm gonna go with Injustice, um, just because like it sounds like the odd man out, and I hope maybe someone gives it a nod somewhere. Like Tekken has always been around, and I've never, I, I've played like tons of fighting games as well, not like as into it as as you, Sean, but I've never enjoyed the Tekken games. You know, something about Tekken's in particular, just like nah, not really for me. Um, but I really enjoyed just Injustice One, and I played Injustice Two for like ten minutes, and it was a blast. So I'm always a fan of Another Realms games. Um, just gonna give it to that. Hope for the best. Yeah, I'm gonna go Injustice Two as well. Um, I can see a world where Tekken Seven wins, and like I think it's a pretty common common universe. But uh, I think Injustice Two is. I would I, I guess this kind of goes more into personal things, but I liked Injustice Two better than Tekken Seven. I thought it was just better in terms of an actual like fighting game. Watch yeah, it be just... Nidhog. <laughs> Hey, that that game Dude, is kind of fun. Dude, I would fucking fun. love it if Nidhogg two took it. That'd be amazing. Nidhogg's so fun. Um, all right, so we're gonna skip best family game because I Thank think it's God. a stupid category. Um, it's like, sorry, what the fuck does that even mean? Come on, they have games that are not two players on this list. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. So best strategy game. Uh, which is RTS's turn-based strategy gameplay, uh, irrespective of platform, which I thought was a weird distinction. But um, so we got XCOM 2, War of the Chosen, Tooth and Tail, which I know Andy was a big fan of, uh, Total War Warhammer 2, which obviously Thompson is a fan of. I'm a fan uh, of Halo everything Wars. here. <laughs> right. Halo Wars 2, which I forgot came out this year, and Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Total War Warhammer 2. Shit. Wow. Nice. Hot tisk. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I feel like it's going to go to either XCOM or, here, or Rabbids. Here's why I disagree with Warhammer on this, because it just says, like, real-time or turn-based. And while Total War Warhammers 2 is, um, it's good, it's, it's, real-time is only, like, what you put into it, you know what I mean? And it's turn-based is, like, subpar. But XCOM's is good on both ends, you know what I mean? for everything you do with it. Mm. And World of Chosen is, like, a game into itself. It's, like, the epitome of XCOM. Um, and I feel like XCOM is, like, a flagship title in yeah. this genre and, in a way that there aren't a lot of other games. And, like, Mario Rabbids is basically XCOM with Mario and Rabbids. So it's like, all right, that, to me, doesn't count. Halo Wars 2 is just any other RTS. I think it's good, but I don't think it takes it. And I have issues with Total War... Yeah, Total War Warhammer 2. Man, they really missed it when they should... They should have called it just Total Warhammer. Like, goddamn. I know! Um... I just have issues with it because I've played both games a shitload, and two isn't bad, but there's so many things that need to be fixed, and that shouldn't have come out with these things that need to be fixed. Whereas XCOM just keeps getting better, you know what I mean? Sure. War of the Chosen is just 
putting the whipped cream on an already delicious pie. Like, it's amazing. It's incredible. So I'm going to give it to War of the Chosen. I feel like the only reason I feel like Rabbids might take it is because it was like it blew everybody away. Yeah. Like everybody thought it was going to be a bad joke and it was really good and it was it's fresh. You know, like XCOM 2, uh, War of the Chosen is like a new expansion, but it's an expansion. But it's super but fresh. I, like you I, don't know yeah, what it does no, to the you're, series. You're totally right. You're totally right. And that's why I do think it's going to be XCOM 2. Yeah. It's like I would disagree if it was like last year's, um, you know, XCOM 1's expansion because that was fresh, but it wasn't right. enough to like blow everyone away. This pretty much revitalizes the int- i think this like brings people in to xcom who haven't played it before you know i think it's sure a lot a lot more than it was i was expecting even cool so um okay yeah i'm sorry everybody already went. So, uh yeah so the next one is next best sports or racing game i i literally have no, I have no idea i don't FIFA, even know how sure, to comment on this I guess I guess FIFA because all the other games that are on this list that I think could win had major controversies. So I just don't know, and I honestly don't feel comfortable enough to even comment on this. So I'm Project not going cars. to. If anybody else has a pick, go for Project it. Project Cars. I played it. Um, I drove my Fiesta, my my real life car, in Project Cars at our friend's house in VR and everything, and uh, I I did fucking incredible on it. So I I feel like a that's the only game I played. So there you go. <laughs> I just like I picked cards at cards because I played it once. There you go. I'm gonna say FIFA because it's FIFA. Yep, FIFA. Yeah, FIFA probably. Uh, just so you know, the other ones were uh, Prevolution Soccer, twenty NBA Two K, GT Sport, and Forza Motorsport Seven. Yeah. So I think FIFA is probably a safe bet. Um, so we're getting near the end here. We've got best Oops. multiplayer: uh, Fortnite. Call of Duty World War Two, Splatoon Two, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, Destiny Two, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Um, I feel like because PUBG will maybe take another category, I feel like it's probably gonna be Destiny. I feel like like because when you think about Destiny, right, it says like for out, um outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre. I feel like Destiny provides all those things. Yeah, Destiny has community. Destiny has a big world for people to interact with one another and have and have like you know uh, a world you want to live in and be a part of. Yeah. And it has multiplayer stuff like the um, the PvP and the raids and like Destiny is the whole package in a way that no other game on this list is. Yeah. The addition of Fortnite. Sorry. Uh, the know. addition of Fortnite in this versus PUBG is very interesting, considering that PUBG came. That's another. That's another game that's not finished. No, I think Fortnite's out, right? I think it's yes. actually out. Fortnite is actually out. You can out. buy a box copy of it, but it's in alpha. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, no, it's free. No, 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 no. Fortnite is free. It's free to play. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hang on. Wait. Oh, you had to pay for the beta. Yeah. You're right. So Hang it's not in beta anymore. Wait. It's out. And now it's free. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yes. We can't have yes. this list getting all pooped up with two games that aren't out yet. <laughs> but no, I think I think the addition of Fortnite being here is very interesting because it takes what PUBG has done, makes it arcadey, and then adds in crafting systems and that sort of thing. It's a lot more expansive than it was in PUBG. Like for example, in Fortnite, you can actually build your own fortress using like wood and and basically like kind of Minecrafting your way into a, into your own base, and it gets a lot more a uh, lot more intricate than PUBG does. That being said, I think it's going to be Destiny 2, but I just wanted to point out that that was very interesting. They're going against each other, especially when Fortnite is the newer one, I believe. 
the yeah. actual like series has been around for a while, but the battle royale aspect hasn't. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Call of Duty here. That's a fair bet too. <laughs> yeah, I mean World War Two is super super well received, yeah. so I I think that's a safe pick. Um. Okay, so for the last uh, category before we'll let Peggy talk about esports and then we'll do game of the year um, is best independent game. So uh, it says for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Cuphead. Uh, Cuphead. So what's that? Cuphead. Cuphead. Yeah, it's got to be Cuphead. (laughs) Um, I want to say though, I think it's interesting. Two of the games on this list shouldn't be on this list. Because uh, they say a game made outside the traditional publisher system, they need to get a, get get away from that and find a better way to define indie. Because like, Cuphead was published by Xbox, like that's in the traditional publisher system. Just because MDHR made it independently, like it's uh, that that wording is weird. But that's what they mean, though, um, right? That it was that it was made independently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But like, they got finance from a traditional publisher system, so it's kind of like. It, it's it's an it's a murky language, but yeah, in terms of like what we consider an indie game, like it's got to be fucking Cuphead, obviously. Night in the Woods is the only other game I think even has a chance, because like I don't think they're gonna give it to Senua's just because like I don't feel like that. It just doesn't feel like an indie game. So um, yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that one, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, uh, I would say. I don't know about you. I can't speak for Thompson and Sean. I don't really have thoughts on best esport, best esports player, or best esports team. I have a notion. So, yeah, I was going to say, if you want to give your thoughts on those, go yeah, for it. So I, um, I want to see League win best esports game, and it deserves it because it is the best esports no, game. No, it's not. Final thoughts. <laughs> I think – I do think Overwatch is going to take it because of Al. Um, I think the hype is big enough, and the World Cup was big enough – we're not. We're ignoring worlds for a second from league, but I do think. Um, I think Overwatch has way more hype. Like Overwatch esports is way more hype than anything else on this list. So I'm gonna go with with Overwatch. That being said, would not be surprised if it was Dota two. Yeah. I think if Overwatch doesn't win, I think Dota two is gonna take it. I'm with that. Uh, that's my same thought process. I think Overwatch. I think personally, Overwatch wins easy. Um, but if if it's not that is Dota. I think Dota's gonna win, honestly. It's I think it's uh it's it, esports experience of the players. I think Dota's community is very tight, you know. I think uh, more people probably I'm pretty sure play league, but I don't think it deserves yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And Overwatch may have a ton of hype, but Dota's kind of always just like been Linux, they're sitting there, they're doing their thing and just kinda chugging along. And I think it's time maybe they get an award. Fair enough. Can we quickly say what, for, like, Sean and I quickly got through the the other two ones, which is, like, the best player and the best team? Yeah, if you guys want to. Word. I think it's going to be Faker for best player because he needs to win something this year. <laughs> best esports team, I'm going to go with. I understand that joke. <laughs> if you didn't, you can take a look at our esports special. It's already hey, up plugs. on our video, yeah, check out our on our YouTube special. channel. Yeah, that thing. Boom. Uh, and I think esports team is going to be Liquid because of the, they won uh, the Invitational, the Dota 2 Invitational. I, I agree or with SKT Liquid. Or SKT just because everyone loves them. I, 
It's just, how could it be faker when this guy was a fraud in the finals? In the world championships? <laughs> yeah, but, like, people love him, though. And it's just, like, and also, like, his legacy is definitely something you can't deny. Um, he's the he's the Babe Ruth of League of Legends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he's, like, the best to ever play the game. He's, like, untouchable. Yeah, I think, he I got think he's, he's pretty solid. One time, Sean. One time. <laughs> I think it was like twice, actually. I think SSG has won twice. But either way, yeah, I, I think I don't think Faker's gonna lose that um, unless the CS:GO guys come out in spades and and pick either Nico or Cold Zera. Uh, Kuroki, I don't really know that much about, um, unfortunately. But Ryu Jeong is on uh, Lunatic High and now is on Seal Dynasty, and he's a monster at Overwatch. But I don't think it's enough at this specific time a year from now when we're looking at a year of the overwatch league and we're seeing how that progresses maybe he has a shot because now it's a lot more you know mainstream people actually know his name but that being said i think faker's gonna take it all right but yeah and then best esports team i said it before i think it's liquid because of the uh the dota 2 invitational Unless people are just like nah, SKT all the way, then you really don't have a choice. But I think I think it's either I think it's either one of those. I think MOBAs are the way to go for for the esports uh, esports divisions here. Okay, so that'll take us to our final category. Drum roll, please. <laughs> I'm the drummer. So I'm... Uh... <laughs> oh no, go ahead, Peggy. You got it. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the game of the year. Yeah! Oh, so recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. So we have The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Persona 5, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Zelda. That is it. <laughs> I'm so... This is so hard. This has been such a hard pick for me. Uh, I still don't know what my game of the year is. Jury's still out. I still don't know either. I think, Zelda, <laughs> I think Zelda wins, though. Yeah. I think Zelda is the game that captured gamers' hearts and minds more than any other game this year. Yep. I think seeing the way that people talked about it when it first came out, the level of excitement there was around it for, oh, I went in this direction. You went in this direction? What did you find? What You know, like mm. that grade school way we were talking about Zelda. Um is something that you see once in a generation. Yep. You know, and I think that's going to easily be the thing that takes it. And the fact that it was the main game at the release of the Switch, I think really helps. Um Yeah, especially when the Switch had such a banner fucking year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like I don't know what my personal game of the year is just yet, but objectively speaking, Zelda wins. Zelda was the game of the year. Yeah. That being said, the one the one way I see it losing, this is something people have been pointing out, is I wonder if it's possible that Nintendo fans split the fucking vote and something like Horizon wins or Persona that has, like, I think groundswell, do, but... Yeah, sorry. No, no, yeah, like, it, it's just, it could happen. Yeah, I think if they, they split the vote, it goes to PUBG. That's possible, too. I don't know, though. I don't know. I don't think... I think there's a lot of people who have the same attitude as Sean. 
uh, and Thompson, for that matter, mm-hmm. of that, like, PUBG does not deserve to be a game of the year contender. I don't think um, that matters. I don't think people are like, it's not a real game. Doesn't matter. It's on the thing. Gotta vote for it. If but, you a lo- but a lot of people feel that way. Really? And I, ah. I think that, I, yeah, I, I've definitely seen that sentiment echoed quite a bit, that it, it doesn't deserve the recognition because it isn't a f- complete game and that even if it was, that it, it doesn't. Like, yeah, PUBG was the the multiplayer game of the year, I think, in terms of, like, talk about it and the mind share but and like you playing know, it because over two million consecutive viewers sure but i mean like looking at these other games like I, when you look at the criteria by which game of the year is judged PUBG doesn't meet them you know it absolute best experience across all creative and okay. technical fields yeah the game's a technical mess and it still doesn't have my it, zombies <laughs> It's a simple sure. reskin. Like I, like I said, this is really just if the split vote happens between Mario and Zelda. I still think Zelda's a, the very clear favorite, but yeah. I would not count PUBG out. To me, I think if the split happens, it goes to Horizon. I think Horizon is the game on this list besides the two legitimate contenders that has the most um, people backing it. And if, it do, if there is a split and it goes to a, a, an upset, I think Horizon takes it. I'm going to go with Breath of the if, Wild. It's got to be. I would say Breath of the Wild, but if I think the, if the split happens, I think Persona 5 is going to do it because Atlas fans are a number we don't know. And I think that they will just <laughs> immediately see it there, not read anything and go, oh yeah, Persona 5. and just Oh, you mean like Andy? Exactly. <laughs> so when you have that happening, I think, you know, I think honestly, like if the split doesn't happen, then Zelda, if it does, Persona 5. All right, solid, solid choices. So we've cast our votes. Uh, if you guys want to let us know your thoughts on the, you know, the, the the ballots as it were, you got four days. I mean, well, as of this recording, there's four days, two days when you're actually listening to this before it comes in. So send us your thoughts, uh, you know, via email at thevideogamepals.gmail.com. Hit us up on the social media uh, anywhere, you know, at the Comics Pals. And, uh, or just hit us in the comments below, you know, depending on your platform. And let us know your picks. And uh, we can all compete together and see who comes out the best in the predictions. Um, I love doing stuff like this. So let us know if you're if you're a fan. Uh, and maybe we'll do stuff like this moving forward for some of these bigger press events. Um, and again, you know, please check out some of our other content. You know, we've got uh, the Comics Pals weekly the day before the show airs. If you're a comic fan, we've got Pals Play Monday through Friday on YouTube. We've got the Riverdale Review if you're a fan of the CW's Riverdale um we've got a lot of great content coming out you can go check out our esports special we just did a a special one-off pals play last week um about smackdown we had a wrestling special last week we've gotten a lot of really really cool content in in the last couple weeks so uh go check it out you know go see if you you enjoy the show check out some of the other stuff we're doing let us know what you think about it and uh what other stuff you'd like to see us try to do and with that we're actually going to do something i didn't didn't warn you guys about this oh we're going to do something that we do on uh the comics pals because you know, now that we've got Peggy here, she does so many other things. I, I decided it's time to give this show a little bit of a plug section. So we're going to give you guys the opportunity. We're going to go around. Everybody tell the listeners where they can find you, what other stuff you're doing, uh, and you know, then, we'll, then we'll, we'll pack it in. So, uh, Sean, why don't you start us off? I'm at Sean Soapbox on Twitter only. And uh, if you message me about PUBG, uh, I will always tell you it is not a game that is released. <laughs> it is not a game. It's, it's, it, and and you know what? It should be up there for next year's game of the year. Since then, you know, it'll be out. 
So, hot takes. All right, uh, Thompson. Hey, I'm a at Relic Vampire on Twitter, and I do cosplay. I do this, and I usually work a lot. So you know, see you when I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Peggy. Hey, I am an esports journalist outside of this. So like, yeah. Uh, I mostly cover yeah uh, yeah right. I mostly cover Overwatch, um, but I am also the section editor for Gosu Gamers PUBG section. So check that out. Uh, my Twitter is at moriow m o i r a i o w. I had the name before the hero. I swear that like the pin tweet details everything about that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I do that, and I video edit for the High Noon podcast, and I do. A couple other stuff. You can just read the bio on Twitter. <laughs> There's a lot. But yeah, uh, <laughs> mostly esports and stuff. So if you like esports, give me a follow and then talk to me about it. Nice. Uh, and then as for me, you guys can follow me at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram uh, to talk to me about any of the stuff we discussed today or check out very cute pictures of my very cute, pe- very cute cat. Um, if you want some more content from me, like I said, you can check me out on the Comics Pals along with Sean. Uh, I'm on Pals Play, and I'm also the host of the Riverdale Review, so I'm all over the fucking place. You can't get away from me. Um, and then uh, if you want some more content from me, I'm also a writer over at CBR.com, and I've got a list coming out this week all about Majin Buu from Dragon Ball Z. So if you're a fan, uh, you can go check that out. And even if you're not, I'd really appreciate it if you just go click on it because I get paid based on how many people click on it. So if you want to help me pay the bills, uh, that would be a really, really neighborly thing of you to do. So that's going to wrap up the conversation here on episode 32 of the Video Game House. Thank you guys for joining us again. We will see you next week. Take care. Bye.